1: Hello everybody, it is Wednesday, February the 25th, 2015, and you are listening to The Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Mr. Bob Ryer. Good evening. And on the line with Ms. Stephanie Cook. Hola. Steve is is sick this week, so he is out. He sent along his thoughts, though, on his shared book of the week, Plunder, and we'll we'll get to that uh, a little bit later. He's going to bring um, a note from his doctor,
2: too. Right? Yes, he has a note from his
1: doctor. Dog ate his homework. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. He was just so overwhelmed by the Power Rangers fan made movie that he just couldn't, couldn't get out of bed to make it here today. Um, so, this is the Talking Comics podcast. Uh, this week on the show, we're going to be, of course, doing our books of the week, our lightning rounds, and our shared book of the week. Um, and we have a little bit of news to go over. A bunch of people have asked us just to kind of try to clear the air for them on what's going on with secret mm-hmm. wars and we'll do the best that we can because I don't think yes. we even know completely yet. No, uh, but we will go through the books that have been announced and and I guess try to analog them to what, maybe what books you're reading that maybe they, they translate to. Um, this is not really an opinion thing from us. It's just going to be, us kind of kind of giving you a, a service. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about probably about some, a little bit of Spider-Man news that, that can't, that is that's leaking some rumors mm-hmm. that are going around about what the Spider-Man movie I- is going to be. Um, but before that, Stephanie, how the hell are
0: you? I am hella good.
1: Hella good? Much hella like Gwen good. Stefani? Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Um, it, it's freaking cold up here in Canada. Eh? Yeah. Uh, but I am surviving. You know, normally I would hermit, but for some reason I was out like every day last week. And um, that was both fun and horrible.
1: Uh, because <laughs> fun,
0: because people, horrible because cold.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely in full hermit mode. Yeah. Right
0: now. It's weird cuz like I I really just want to hibernate and yet like all this fun stuff is happening and I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going <laughs> to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm like, but it's so cold. But I'm going to go do it. <laughs> um so that that's that's fun. Uh, I have geek trivia tomorrow or today, I guess. Time travel. Mm. Um <laughs> yes. tonight in the city, it's our first trivia since October. Um, really looking forward to it. Uh got cool things like Loot Crate and um have you seen the trailer for Chappie? Yes. Uh the movie that's directed by um the guy who did District Nine.
1: Yeah, Neil Blomkamp.
0: Yeah. Uh so Sony pictures sent over some swag. Cool. And uh yeah, I'm excited to do that. Uh, again, not necessarily excited to go out in the cold, but I'll be driving Gypsy Danger <laughs> downtown. <laughs> Does her heat work? Yeah, they, they sent me, Sony, like, sent FedEx to my house at, like, 9 a.m. yesterday and, like, woke me up. And I was, I seriously, like, went out in a shirt. My friend was sleeping over. She's like, did you answer the door in that? And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> Steph, no. It's like, but he rang the doorbell so early and then brought, like, these three giant boxes. I'm like, what the shit is all of this? <laughs> Um. Then it turned out to be cool stuff, so I was less annoyed. But, um, she was wide awake and just like, oh, "It's a Christmas." <laughs> uh, so I, I'm I'm super excited for all of that. Uh, it and was exciting news. I burnt my tongue on my dinner.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that is a shame. <laughs> um, it was literally zero degrees here on Saturday morning, <laughs> and uh, my pipes froze. Oh, it uh. was wonderful. I uh, I went to the bathroom. I flushed the toilet. The toilet did flush. And then I went to turn on the faucet, wash my hands. Nothing, just no. nothing. Um, it was like six thirty in the morning. morning. It was definitely not when I was going to be getting up on a Saturday yes. morning. It was definitely go to the bathroom, go back to bed for a little while. Then I was up. Uh, Lucky my landlord. He, you know, we got we caught it in plenty of times. So my landlord went down the pipes and just yeah. I don't know what he did. I don't know how you unfreeze pipes. torch, Beat it with a hammer. I don't know yeah. what he did, <laughs> yeah. but got it to work and we're all fine. And now we just had just us to crack the faucet. Yeah, and, leave it and drip night. a little. Um, I- yeah.
0: I went to do laundry yesterday because I've been avoiding going down to the basement to do it because it's (laughs) cold and there's spiders. Um, And I texted my landlord because the door is frozen. Uh, So, like, I've unlocked the door. The door handle itself is fine, but the door is jammed. You know how doors expand and, Mm -hmm. like, contract in the weather? It's stuck. And so I texted him. I'm like, hey, so um, the door to the basement, you know, where our laundry is, (laughs) is closed. I didn't add in the pack that I'm, like, literally out of clothes. But, um, you know, I was like, this is dire. And he, like, texts me back and says, oh, you probably just need to turn the door handle and push. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness. Is that seriously how you open a door? I've been doing it wrong for so long. Uh-huh. Uh, so the door is still frozen. Mm. Because it's not my frozen. landlord is basically Sherlock Holmes. <laughs>
2: It's yeah. those giant ice spiders. there on the other side of the door. They've got it webbed shut. Yeah. yeah. They're having a party in there.
0: Yeah. So uh, my laundry is still sitting in some very high piles. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, landlord, Captain Obvious.
1: <sighs>
0: Good text. Sounds like an adventure. Huh? Sounds like an adventure. It, it does. I also just got a really random text from my friend that says, do you ever wonder who invented malls? <laughs> Sorry, that was just a really amazing text get like, We're kind of just rambling. Hmm.
2: Never thought of the answer to that. No, one. and then
0: know. she followed that up with, "And how is Stanley like ninety-five years old?" <laughs> hmm.
1: Maybe Stanley invented the mall. Maybe. Ah, Maybe he's, the he's in mall lost. rats. It's true, he is in mall rats. Ah, uh, yeah. making connections all over the place. There.
0: It's it's all coming together.
1: Yeah. Bob, how are you handling the cold?
2: Badly. My newspaper's outside at six in the morning. It's, I'll wait. <laughs> I can do the crossword puzzle later. I can read the sports pages once it warmed up and the sun's out. Uh, we had interesting weather Saturday where it started to snow, mm-hmm. went to full blown snowstorm for about a half hour, then to solid rain. Yeah. Solid ice crust forming rain mm-hmm. my driveway is a skating rink mm-hmm. steph you could come over and play hockey
0: oh i will i would <laughs> uh, sorry you, i would if my yeah. skates weren't locked in the basement <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> uh it's this isn't good this is not good for it. now we're not used to this it's been bad the last couple of years but nothing to this sort of polar vortex yeah whatever they're gonna call not this
1: cold for this long yeah. you know like and that and that's why i uh, actually you know steve's not on the show but he was in canada for a week or so and his pipes froze while he was gone, oh. and then burst while he was gone, uh, and something wrong with his oil burner and stuff like that. Like that, like the the cap froze onto the thing; like couldn't even. <laughs> Yikes! Get... And I said to him, "I said, look, nothing in this area is meant to stand to this much cold for this for long. long. Yes, it's just the way it goes here. I mean, it, it's not meant. We don't usually have zero between zero and ten temperatures for two or three weeks. You know that, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen here. So we
2: probably had over freezing one day this month. Yeah,
1: definitely <laughs> cold. Definitely cold. Yeah. Um, but, you know, moving on from less, we're getting, we're old, getting old conversation about the weather. Let's talk about comic book stuff. There you go. Um, before we get into the books, we're going to sprinkle the news around. Ah. Um, Stephanie, how did you feel about the, uh, the Jason Momokouan, Momokouan, I can't say it. (laughs) I can't say it. I can tweet it, but I can't say it. Momokouan. Momokouan. (laughs) Momokouan. Uh, uh, reveal uh, that happened uh late last week.
0: I, I'm sorry, everybody. I still have no desire to see the movie, but I have a desire to see him in the movie now. <laughs> um, I, I I dig it. I think it's an interesting take on the Aquaman costu- costume, mm-hmm. um, and design, and I think he was a really interesting choice for the part. Very unconventional, and I dig it. Uh, yeah. I think the look is cool. I think that the Unite the Seven poster can also double as alternate reality Caldrogo Drogo taking over <laughs> the Seven Kingdoms. Oh. Um, I personally like to think that that's what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like underwater Caldrogo. Drogo,
1: mm-hmm. right? Um, but I, I it's love like the, the Earth t- Two version of Caldrogo. Y- Drogo. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, the tattoos are a cool thing, mm-hmm. and for anyone who didn't see this. Uh, This dude wasn't credited as one of the concept designers, but the costume is almost identical to uh, a concept that an artist called Raza did. Uh, (laughs) R-A-H-Z-Z-A-H. It's very cool. It's very cool. And I was like, wow, this is super spot on. And he posted, he's like, I'm not going to say that they looked (laughs) at my concept for this, but they totally looked at my concept for this. Uh, And I would have to agree. It's really cool. I think um, out of all of the costumes we've gotten so far, his lack of costume might be my favorite.
1: (laughs) Um, Bob has some books in front of him uh, that aren't Aquaman books that has a similar look. Yeah. uh,
2: When I saw that poster, look, obviously, I don't know why you need armor underwater, but what the heck, you know, it's... He's always had armor, though. Yeah. 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 Well, he's had the the, the shirt, which is fish scale. Fish scale scale armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Scale mail. It just struck me that I had seen this before. And back in 1993, uh, John Byrne had been writing the Submariner. And the book is just Namer the Submariner, and there are two issues. One is his number 32, the start of a storyline where Namor went a little savage, because <laughs> issue 34, he had just left. It's the savage Namer the Submariner. It's issue 34. It's Jay Lee doing the cover. Do yourself a favor, guys. Go to a Google image and mm. pull up Namor the Submariner number 34, because it's exactly the image.
1: Yeah, it's very we close. Have there.
2: He's got streaks in his hair. Yeah. He's got the whole look and giant muscles and big gauntlets on, yeah. and- who knows? It's who crazy. knows who saw what? But it is you know things happen yeah. repeatedly in comic yeah. books. Uh, certain themes and ideas turn up again. So that just struck me as I had seen this. Here's the deal for me: I, I still think he looks more like the Submariner mm-hmm. than he does Aquaman. Mm-hmm. It's in keeping with everything else we've seen. Mm-hmm. Muted colors, all the rest of it. As much as I want to see mm-hmm. Arthur. Mm-hmm. This is that wouldn't play with this movie they've mm. decided to go this route, which we've talked about mm. repeatedly, and so they're, they're' going with this. he's an underwater king in a apparently a vicious battle with mm. the surface world or somebody else underwater. who knows when we meet him, we'll see what happens We'll see what when they get together the seven, what it all starts to look like
1: yeah i i i I think the image is cool I think he looks cool um, I like the idea of the tattoos being this the scale. Kind of the scale Mm. mail, with a little bit of of regular armor. Seems like a gauntlet here, like not too much, um, just a little bit. uh, Which it seems more like on this trident hand or whatever he has, like some sort of protection. Um, It's not even a trident; it's like a fork, giant fork now. Um, It's not really a trident, but whatever. Uh, That doesn't really matter. Um, And I thought he looked cool. You know, I I do. Like, I I saw a bunch of people saying, like, you know, they that DC needs to hire a colorist for like their. (laughs) Their, the, the images they release I do wish the just because I feel like a lot of it looks exactly the same you know just the tattoo is going to mesh with the skin which meshes mesh with a little bit of the armor I wish there was a little more accent to the armor but again this is a promotional image who knows what it's going to look like in the movie um, I think it looks cool I I, I don't the hair is a little Rob Zombie for me Um,
2: actually there's a Rob Zombie album cover yeah uh, it's uh, what Hellbilly something or yeah, other? Yeah,
1: yeah yeah it's very yeah. very similar to that yeah. and I thought that immediately when I saw yeah. the hair uh, but I think Momoa, like Stephanie, like you said, is is a really cool choice for the, for the part. Um, I, I'm interested to see how they go with him if they're going to make him, you know, very very regal, or is he going to be more like Khal Drogo, more kind of like a warrior king, more of like a savage? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they're going to how they're going to go with him. Uh, but uh, you know, the image is cool, and we'll have to see. Uh, you know, I initially thought the Unite the Seven had something to do with the Seven Seas, but I guess they're talking about the Justice yeah. League. Um, so uh, I assume we're going to be seeing more images coming relatively soon uh we obviously we have a someone cast as a flash so so who are a, a, the other two um well it would be batman superman wonder aquaman woman. wonder woman cyborg green lantern and the flash yeah so that would be the this the seven okay um so yeah so let's I mean, see we don't have a green lantern cast yet so i don't think they can reveal him but they can reveal the flash and cyborg because uh, they have those people cast so we'll see we'll see what happens with that it was it, it was a cool way to start the weekend i'll, I'll say that because it led to a lot of funny um images being put out yeah. with that united seven <laughs> uh banner put put on top of it um all right so let's go on to our our, our lightning round stuff here bob i'm gonna start with you this week okay bouncing around i'm gonna put three minutes on the clock and i'm gonna say go First up, uh,
2: Sensation Comics number seven. Uh, first half of that book is the con- continuation of Alex DeCampi's really fun Venusian adventure. Uh, a lot of outer space, giant monster stuff, which is always fun, very much a throwback. But as has happened before, it's the short second story that's a standout, which is a tale about a tale called Rescue Angel. It's about an a America, female American soldier in Afghanistan who carries a good luck charm that depicts Wonder Woman on her. What happens to her? Now, I'll say this again for those... Looking to read stories of the true Amazon princess, Sensation Comics is where you have to go. Silver Surfer number nine, as Galactus nears the planet of refugees known as New Haven, the surfer makes a desperate gamble. A real desperate gamble. Does it pay off? You're going to have to read this issue to find out. I'll just leave it at that. What I am going to say, though, is from the very beginning, Dan Slott has just killed on this. It's just been sensational. And the art by the All Reds just amazes and it gets better each time. There's a two-page spread here that, that goes over the surface origin. I want as a poster so desperately I can taste it in uh, one of these days. I, I still have their FF poster up, so what can I say? Ms. Marvel 13, which is a, about a Valentine's Day dance at Cole's Academic High School. And it's the setting for a mission that Freya puts Loki on to try to find the inventor's inventions and his cohorts and all the rest of it. What he turns into, though, is Cyrano for Bruno, who can't tell Kamala how he feels. Just never dull over <laughs> there in Jersey City, despite what I said about it. My apologies to Joey Bracchino and <laughs> the citizens of Jersey City. Uh, She-Hulk number 12 is the final issue of Charles Soule's brilliant run on this series. And the uh, blue file finally turns its head. We get to see what's gone on there. Nice twisty conclusion to that. Really fun sort of recap as you sit around the desk and go move forward with the cast. We'll see... Because there's a wonderful set of afterwards by editor Janine Schaefer and by Charles Soule. We may see some of these characters again, which is just fine by me. Then there's Bitch Planet number three, which is one of the special third issues, where each each back issue after two do a backup story, some fill in about the society here. In this case, it's a secret origin of Penny Roll. And you get a real idea now, so as to fill in how this society looks and treats its women, which is. Not been good so far, but mm-hmm. now you really start to see what is going to happen. Now, uh, again, another book with lots of afterwards, and you can read how this sort of a director's cut you can fill in your own head, mm-hmm. Kelly Sue would like <laughs> you to do. Uh, really quickly, uh Cap and the Mighty Avengers, which is it's still fun. I'm really sad because I'm not sure where this is going to go afterwards. Mm-hmm. But we've, you know, we're, we're changing things around with Luke and Jessica. And what's gone on is they tried to sell off the Avengers concept, but still loving this book. Al Ewing just been w- turned into one of my favorites. And that sort of finishes up for me because I've got two seconds to say storm number eight was spectacular. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, my goodness. I don't even know how you do that.
0: That was like <laughs> the closest that he came to
1: going over, though. I know. You should have seen He had his pile, right? So he had it kind of organized. He had um, a set of books facing one way and then and then two books facing the other way so they were kind of like if I have time at the end I'll get to these two books I I could definitely tell that's what yes. it's like when you when you're stacking papers you know you're collating like papers knowing which one which one is which Um, so he he he, he would have been done way before if it hadn't been for that him going for those two I thought I, I could sneak him in yeah you did I love that cover by the way for The Storm The well, Storm yeah, it's, yeah. A great, it's a great great cover I read an interview with Greg Pack today
2: and he it was some CBR, so there's some regular questions, a lot of listener questions, and the Save Storm movement or whatever Mm -hmm. has apparently paid off. Oh, nice. Where it seems like the book is now really picked up, and as he promises, really big things moving into issue 12. So hopefully that hangs around too, post-Secret Wars. Cool.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Stephanie, you ready?
0: Sure. All
1: right. Here comes your lightning round, and go.
0: I read like nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Everyone else is talking about the things that I read because I
1: failed to actually
0: send out emails. <laughs> um, but I read this cool book called Polar came oop, ow, came from the cold, <laughs> uh, and that's by Victor Santos. So this was, I believe, originally published in Spain and then translated here. Um, so Victor Santos is the artist that was working on Furious with. Brian J.L. Glass. Um, He's an excellent artist. And in this particular book, it's kind of... The art itself is a mix of Frank Miller meets like Bruce, Tim, Darwin Cook. Um, It's all told in black, white, and red. Uh, And it's just this excellent little hardcover that features a spy story. Basically, there's a group um that's trying to eliminate a former asset. Um like he's been missing for like a really long time. He went rogue, sort of like in Hannah. Um dude goes missing, they find him, although in Hannah they, you know, put on a beacon so that they can find them. Whereas these guys kinda hunt this dude. Um and kind of get him out of hiding uh and try to Take them out. <laughs> uh, it doesn't go as planned. Otherwise, it would be a pretty boring story. Um, and things ensue. Um, it's a pretty sort of, I guess, cliche-ish spy story, you know, where it's like, uh, my former company has turned against me. What do I do? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it's not necessarily really told from just the spy's perspective. It kind of shifts. um Uh, the narrative focus a bit and it's a really interesting read it's beautiful um you know lots of praise for it uh I decided to pick it up because I'd been hearing about it forever and the art has just caught my eye and I have been you know drawn in and finally was like all right I got I gotta commit to this I gotta check it out and I'm very glad I did um I probably read something else, I'm sure, but this one is the best one. I'm just making this my book of the (laughs) week, like, second book of the week segment. Um, But it's got some badass ladies in it. It's got a badass dude with an eye patch in it. Uh, It's got a badass old dude not with an eye patch. (laughs) Um, And, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Yeah. Yep. So that's the thing. Oh, look it. Guns Blazing Espionage Action Adventure in the Tradition of Jim Steranko and Frank Miller. Uh,
1: There you go. You had one book, and you still managed to go over the time that you were allotted. Hey,
0: I I decided to read the back of the book. I was done. I was (laughs) done, Bobby. (laughs) I was done
1: you're a lot of time no what did
2: what did you think of bitch planet since i stole that from you it,
0: you didn't steal it i didn't bother to email anybody didn't <laughs> <laughs> tell them what i was gonna read so <laughs> it's really not your fault um I, I really enjoyed it i thought this issue um was unique and it, it's different art it's robert robert
2: wilson yeah robert
0: wilson is mm-hmm. the fourth uh, there's a lot of fourth generation people currently in comics <laughs> yeah. james tinian uh robert wilson uh but anyways I thought Bitch Planet was great. I thought this story was really interesting and kind of um the perfect introduction not introduction, but I guess origin for Penny. Um I, I especially loved the ending, although I, I kinda saw it coming, the um whole mm. we'll show you the ideal you in the mirror. Um but I still really liked it. I thought it kicked ass and I loved Kelly Sue. Um, Trying to talk about the things she wished she could have added to Mm -hmm. the issue as well. Um, I'm I'm loving looking at all the letters and stuff in the back and all like the tweets. And I'm like, I know that person.
1: I know that (laughs) person. That's one of my like biggest thrills when I read comics now and they have stuff like this. I look at the back, I'm like, oh, this person talks to us. This person talks to us. Um, I I love those moments.
0: And like the photo from like uh, with Val and Clayton is at the snail. Um, (laughs) Oh, is is it? Ah, this, ah. like, there's just all these nice little moments when I'm excited that I recognize names that aren't necessarily like comic book people. <laughs> so, and I love that you, there's people who've already uh, gotten the non compliant tattoo, <laughs> like yeah. actual tattoo. Yeah. yeah. yeah By the I- way,
2: some of that stuff on the back cover mm-hmm. is for sale. Oh, really? Those yeah. are real items. You can oh, actually cool. buy the finger. That's cool. You can buy the finger that poster I actually already have in my kitchen. <laughs> And you can get the little tattoos, the little stick-on ones.
1: Mm. Um, I think it was actually my favorite issue so far, to be honest with you. I I, I think focusing down on the individual characters is a really smart idea, um, and it really makes you feel for the them as a group mm-hmm. after you get to know them as individuals. And uh, I liked the story. I liked how it dealt with you know the, the body image ideas and, and you know conforming to ideals and and stuff like that. I, I thought that that stuff was was really really well done um and i really loved the art too i mm-hmm. uh, um, i i i, I like the valentine delandro uh, art but uh, i might have liked this even better to be honest with you uh great gives a great issue a really great yeah. issue absolutely all right so time for my Here you go lightning round um all right and go all right so the uh the valiant number three i've been really enjoying the series uh more and more since two and three have come out Two three has a lot of great small moments between, uh, the geomancer and bloodshot that I just really enjoyed some back and forth question and answer more personal stuff that I thought really brought out some great stuff about it. Um, Batman and Robin number 39, which was also excellent. Damien's, uh, Adventures with Powers continues and the way he uses them here and the lessons that he's learning from Batman and the sense of fun that's just back in the book now because he's back and we're no longer dealing with, you know, the psychological fallout from his death. Now we can get back to kind of the adventure stuff more has been really, really nice change of pace. Justice League number 39 brings to end the Amazovirus storyline, continuing kind of the Lex Luthor and Captain Cold in the Justice League storyline that's been happening since Forever Evil, and uh, Jason for Books Art, he, he's, I think, the best League, the best match for Jeff Johns, as far as the book's gone, uh, this entire run. Uh, Wonder Roman takes a, a really central role here in number 39, which was really cool to see. Um, you know, the, the book in general, I think, it's, it's suffered mostly when it hasn't dealt with the teamwork of the people. Something that's too much about kind of overall events that are happening in the universe, you know. It's too much about the bad guy, or the thing that's happening, rather than the people who are you know, mm-hmm. running the missions. And this was very much about how they work together. And I really, really liked that uh, c- quite a bit.
2: He does that so well. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I feel like sometimes he just hasn't, hasn't hit those marks, but this, he definitely hits it really, really well. Um, and it just keeps going up in my estimation uh, on books. Um, and uh, the thing I want to talk about the most is Justice, Just Like Multiversity, uh, The Mastermen, number one from Grant Morrison, with art by Jim Lee. I want to say, first of all, I think it's my favorite Jim Lee art. I've, I've ever seen uh it as, as as much as it begins with the uh, with hitler reading superman on the toilet picking <laughs> a painful poop um it is the most i think reserved of his pencils i've ever seen you know superman doesn't have 69 abs he has just a, a regular fit looking body stuff like that you know no, no over sexualized poses and, and like that um i loved the story it, i i like how with pax americana and with this it's almost like grant morrison is saying okay, Mark Millar and Alan Moore, who he's notoriously kind of butted heads with sometimes, Mm -hmm. I'll take your most famous stories in Watchmen and Red Sun and try to equal them or top them in one issue. And I enjoyed this more than I think I enjoyed Red Sun. Um, I loved this idea of this rogue organization of heroes coming against this Nazi regime that's led by Superman. Um, I'm looking forward. I hope that it keeps going because it seems like it's a very much a cliffhanger. I uh, loved it, loved it, loved it. Probably my third favorite issue of Multiversity, <laughs> and that's saying something because of how much I loved it. Um, and that's my time. Bob, I know you've read it. I know it was initially on your list, so I yeah, want to leave um, you to ten
2: This is the first one of the Multiversities that I haven't just been completely floored by where I literally said, wow, out loud. Mm. It's still a – and just what you're talking about, it's probably my fourth favorite of (laughs) the bunch because it's still a great book. It's Mm -hmm. a neat story, though I kind of seen these before, Mm -hmm. whether it was back with the Invaders and Liberty Legion, those sort of things, or the old Justice League books where they did a crossover with these quality characters doing just this. Mm I think it's – oh, jeez. It's one – Oh, it's it's it's. I think it's the team up after the the one hundred issue JLA JSA team up. So it, it's it was the quality characters, Human Bomb, Uncle Sam, Plastic Man, all the rest of it. The, the Nazis had won the war, mm-hmm. which is what this is a riff on. And it could just be for me. It's the art. I think it is is restrained Jim Lee, but to me, it's still Jim Lee. And <laughs> I my just looking at it, I have the same look as characters. My teeth get clenched, <laughs> and, and I have trouble getting past it. So, again. This is, it's really picking nits because Mm -hmm. this is still a spectacular series, one of my favorites for the year. We voted on for, you know, for last year. Mm -hmm. And I do want to see more of this. I'd love to see a slightly more 1940s kind of art the way we saw in that second issue, Mm -hmm. The Society of Superheroes. I think that would play this off a lot better. But still, these every issue of this is a re- revelation to me because i thought this was going to be a very straightforward oh we're going to look on some world we saw before and here's here's my take on it mm-hmm. no it's all brand new amazing stuff yeah so if i'm complaining it's only a little bit
1: there's a double page spread near the beginning of the book where it's like superman or overman which he's yep. called because i mean the premise i didn't really talk about the premise it's much like red sun where the rocket lands in Russia, it lands in Nazi Germany. Yeah. And so Superman is a Nazi overman, the Superman mm-hmm. of, of history. And it's this double page spread of him with the German army behind him invading Washington. Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of terrifying and also amazing at the same time. Um, and I just, it just, everything's packed with so much imagination. Um, and I just, I, I love there are these complex relationships set up, and we've only been reading one issue right. i love that stuff i love and there's it's a world this is a world that i like to explore and it's you have more context right you've seen these stories before i've never seen these characters put in a, sure. a situation like this before so it's very interesting the- to me um yeah i i love i love I the issue um it's probably like i said pax americana and thunderworld are probably my two favorites um, and this is probably third for me. Yes, so. Thunderworld
2: was amazing. We didn't really get to, we th- didn't th- never get to talk about Thunderworld. Time it came, away, but that came, was a great one.
1: It came out at a, at a bad time for us to talk about it when we were on our break. And
2: it also ties into this one. For yes.
1: The sh- yes, it does. Sh- we won't we won't spoil anything. It does tie in. And what I love about the series is that it hasn't... It, I, I love that it hasn't emphasized the tie-in stuff. You know, at first, when we first got to... Because the side of you superheroes was still had a lot of connective tissue to mm-hmm. the first one. But since then, we've gotten very much away from being super connected to that overall story and when it first happened in pax americana especially i was i was a little put off by it you know but now i love it i love that i can read these issues and i could give this issue to somebody and just be like just read this you know it's, it's part of this overall whole but you can read it individually and just be fine and he said that at the beginning but who knows what that really means? You know, Who knows what yeah. you can believe? But it's true. You could read this and never read any other ones yeah. and, and get whatever you can get out of it. Which
2: is so untrue about most of these sort of event books yes. and everything else where you can just pick up one and read it. No, here you can't. Yeah.
1: I'm going to tie that, what you're talking about, a negative way into when I talk about Silk, which is a book I love. But, ah. but uh, I have some stuff to say around that. Um, All right. So let's go on to our books of the week. And I believe, Bob, you're the one who starts Okey-dokey.
2: out. Okie dokie. So we're going to do Batgirl 39. Now, I've enjoyed the relaunch Batgirl, but maybe not wholeheartedly embraced it the way I have Gotham Academy, because I've had some qualms here and there about some of the techno babble, which kind of got to me. And certainly the Barbara Dyna change of dynamic as we moved on, there was a problem between them. In case people are still catching up, I won't spoil too much by saying... Barbara's old place kind of burns to the ground (laughs) and her warehouse takes out all of the canary stuff and it's a whole... They get very cross with each other, which struck me as something that wouldn't have happened. Forget the old 52, even in the new 52. Mm. So uh, a little bit of problems there, but now, not that this book turns everything back to that old status quo, but there there are sort of connections being remade. There's some uh, real good forward plot momentum as we all the way from 35, I guess, was the first one, of the relaunch, where there's some backstory. There's someone behind the scenes making Burnside not so happy with Batgirl. There's a second Batgirl around. There are odd tweets and odd things on the internet and all sorts of strange things going on. Barbara's using her detective abilities. We did see the eidetic memory thing in that first issue, which is a very cool thing, but here she's really being a detective. And that's that's just a lot of fun to see. Great moments with... Black Canary we see they have a staff meeting and I'll leave the joke you'll Hmm. see it for yourself but that plot momentum is also giving us uh, deeper emotional content with Barbara as she struggles with all these bits and pieces and her resolve spurred by the canary at some level brings us back to in some levels Gail Simone's Batgirl Hmm. where there's this person real iron in her spine where no I'm not going to let this stuff take me down I do what I do and there's a there's a great moment where she does something crazy with her with her motorbike that is just really sensational. So we've got a fun involving story. Stuart and Fletcher really do a great job here. The art this time around it's, it's Babs Star of course and it's Maris Wicks on colors. That this might be my favorite art throughout the series so far. It really. Ooh, spoiler on that last page. What I'm talking about, but again, we, we use a different set of palettes day and night. We do have some sunnier stuff, but it is just well, well done. It might be my favorite so far, and this is the book I think that completely, completely has sold me that I will not be missing any issue of this ever. Where I might not on the fence, but sort of, it's now moved down my pile. I read my favorite book last. Mm. Batgirl will be near the bottom now.
1: All right. Did you see the preview art for the? I guess doing an end game uh, tie-in, and uh, Bengal who did the art for uh, naja. naja, that book, <laughs> and and the book that Steve talked about as well. I can't remember the name of the book that he was talking about. Oh yeah, it was a couple of, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah it, it, um, gorgeous. It's in the back of most of the DC books this huh. week. Um, really, really gorgeous looking stuff. Uh, same, same uh, writing team. Just, uh, I think Bab Star is taking the week off, the, the yeah. month off for that, yeah. for that, for that issue. Actually, they have
2: art, says, art by Raphael Albuquerque.
1: Yeah, that's the cover. But this right next to it. Ah, there is, we go. Is oh, the oh, Channel Fifty Two. You mean, see, I always miss Channel Fifty Two because <laughs> it's
2: always crap.
1: Yeah, it's way and, different now. <laughs>
2: yeah, now it's the one time I should have read it. Look yeah. at that.
1: Now no. it's more like this kind of stuff. Now it's more just like this is like some stuff that's coming up in DC. That it's is pretty like that, amazing. That weird fake news report thing they yeah. used to do.
2: She's on the wall from Pacific Rim. Yeah,
1: it does. <laughs> um, cool. So Batgirl number 39. 39 yeah. awesome. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Seventy.
0: Hello. what
1: What was your favorite book of the week? What was my favorite
0: book? Oh, right. Eight. <laughs> it was eight. Uh, so Bobby wrote this in his book, his lightning round. And then before the show started, I was like, I want to talk about this. He was like, that's in my lightning round. I'm like, suck it. <laughs> More or less. Um, so it is Raphael Albuquerque, as we just mentioned, and written by Mike Johnson. So I had no idea what to expect from this book, because honestly, I didn't really know that it existed until a couple weeks before it came out, and Raphael Albuquerque was kind of posting up some early reviews of it. Uh, so, checked it out, it's from Dark Horse Comics, and really, really enjoyed it, um, The first page has a series of colors, and the past is green, the present is purple, the future is blue, and the meld is something else entirely. And it's a color code um, to each of the backgrounds that take place in uh, the following story. So, as it says, each of them take place in, uh, you know, time, and the color coding tells you what point in time Uh, and the meld is what we're trying to figure out uh so we just kind of jump right into things here uh with a man who has crashed what seems like a spaceship we don't know who he is he doesn't know who he is either um and we're taken through his process of kind of trying to recover um what was lost which is his memory Mm -hmm. um everything right now is orange, which indicates that we're in the place called the meld. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he, he's just kind of trying to piece together what's happened and what's going on. And, you know, ideally how to not be in what appears to be um, a not so great place with no memory. Uh, And the story unfolds from there and starts going back and forth in time and Back to this place called The Melt, which it seems to be populated by people who um, are less than welcoming. We'll say that. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I, I don't want to get into the plot too much. It immediately uh, kind of reminded me of Black Science a bit.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that.
0: Uh, but like, I, I mean, I'm, I really love Raphael Albuquerque's art and um, the story just... Uh, It was easy to follow even though um, memory stuff can be tricky as anyone who may have ever seen Memento (laughs) can, uh, you know, abide to. But uh, I found it pretty easy to kind of just follow along with his train of thought and what's going on. And the panel jumps could have been confusing, but because of competent storytelling, it just, to me, came across really fluid. Uh, It felt really natural for these jumps in story to happen and then jumps back to the meld. It felt uh, like good choices. Um, And yeah, it was it was just a really uh, interesting sci fi story that I'm going to want to check in on uh, for issue two at the very least. So, Bobby, you read this.
1: Yeah, and I, I feel almost identical to you, Stephanie. I think that the use of the color coding and the colors was a- an absolute genius move. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that we've accounted stories like this before, and something that's very difficult to not get lost because it's t- difficult to, to differentiate things panel to panel in time frame unless you're given a label. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's really tough for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this, separating it by color, I thought was great. Every time I saw it all blue, I knew this is the future. You know, I I, I I just knew it and that helped me immensely and my brain just automatically didn't take any time thinking about where are we? What are we doing? It just went back and forth yeah. and much like Memento in some ways, though, there is Memento parallels to this. I love the way that we were learning about the character in the same time the character was learning about himself. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have any information the character didn't have, um, which I loved about that. It's one of the things mm-hmm. I love about Memento It's one, of, and I think it's it's great here um albuquerque's art is as always great um different you know we're so used to see him doing horror oriented stuff and this has some you know uh Elements. intense stuff about it but it's not a horror story right so i love seeing it in a different setting um and mike johnson who has been is has been working on supergirl forever now and is doing the new also still in the new run which i absolutely love uh is i think does a great job with albuquerque here with the story and the script um so yeah I thought it was a really really good beginning and the, the the best praise I can give it is I picked it up and it went incredibly fast to read it but I didn't feel cheated by it at all mm-hmm. you know I just it, it was just so engaging that I read it really quickly and I wanted to read more
0: and you don't feel bogged down afterwards Mm-mm. either like it's a lot you're you're going back and forth between um what I can assume is our world and the meld. And so there's, you know, a little bit of world building to it. And yet it doesn't feel like a Hickman book, you know, right. like it doesn't feel like they're trying to cram too much into one issue.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, and the color choices, I mean, background stuff aside, I really like the sort of uh, just blue tones
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: that are given to the rest of the book. Uh, mixed with just a solid color here and there for like his um console or like the face paint on the natives um just these really simple little bits of um color that make the pages pop out a little bit, yeah, uh, I thought was really, really well done. It was a great way to tell a story in something besides um just well, not besides something a little bit more than just black and white mhm um, yeah. Absolutely. I I think it worked really well. There's, like, a great panel where they're still clearly in the meld. And um, our lead character meets one of these not-so-friendly natives. um, And she hits him. And, like, it's just really simple because it's not gory or anything. But his motions are in red. And I I don't know. Mm. It was just a really Mm. effective panel, uh, in my opinion. And, I mean, if you're not familiar with Raphael Albuquerque's art, I I love that there's certain panels that are very clean, but then also he has like, it just looks like he didn't even do pencils. He just inked. Mm -hmm. Um, Like he just went straight to inking and was like, this is how I'm sketching. (laughs) And uh, that's it. Like I, I, and I love it. Like his art. I love that kind of sketchy quality to it.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the best things it does is right at the beginning in that color chart, when it talks about the meld, it says that's a whole thing in, you know, a different thing entirely. And so it lets you know that this is going, we don't know what this is. You're not supposed to know what, what this means. It's going to be a little ambiguous. So you automatically aren't put off by any confusion that you might even have with what's going on in that world. You know, is it in the past? Is it in the future? Is it in the present? It tells you right off the bat. It's none of those things. It's someone, some weird other world. Expect to be confused. Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: a limbo of some sort.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I you know I thought it was great uh you know I didn't know what to expect. I'd seen when I was at comic con this year there he had a there was a table and they had you know a preview art for this up there and I, I remember passing by it and saying, "Wow, well, that looks cool. I love Albuquerque. I want to check it out, but you never know what you're gonna get when you read something, especially obviously he has a writer with him, but especially something that's led by an artist who' never read anything he's written before um so you don't know what to expect, but I I thought it was uh, kind of a home run with what came out of it.
0: And Dark Horse is great. Like I I love tons of stuff that comes from Dark Horse, but this feels a lot like an image book to me. It does. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: the cover treatment and everything, the way it's presented, yeah. feels very much like that. Yeah.
0: And I mean, maybe that's just because I'm, you know, relating it a lot to Black Science. But mm-hmm. and I, I mean, an independent book is an independent book, but it feels like Dark Horse really just was like this sounds cool, do it. Yeah. Uh, Which is how I kind of think Image does things a lot of the time, too. Yeah. So, yeah. It was really a great read. So I I highly recommend it. Sci-fi. It's a great sci-fi story.
1: Should we wrap a news story around this? Oh, yeah. We can absolutely do that. Yeah. Yeah, So Dark Horse made kind of an announcement this week um, that three of their creator-owned books, which I think are sort of suffering sales-wise, Are going to be moving to uh, digital only, digital first in single issues, and then printing out physical trades uh, uh, of the books. So, Um, like the Injustice kind of model. Yes, Mm -hmm. except they're not even putting out like collections of single issues as you know. Because Injustice, they put out four issues digitally, and then it comes into print Mm -hmm. in like a single issue kind of format. Sensation, right? Sensation. They're going right to trade from yeah so i'm just gonna look at it. i lost the link because i had to restart my computer before but i'm gonna name the three series mm. i mean i want to thank uh pacino on the forums brought this to our attention because uh, i hadn't seen anything about it in, until i saw that uh so the three books will be the ghost fleet from Donnie cates and daniel warren johnson resurrections by fred van lente and uh marizo uh Ros- Rosenwig, and sundown sundowners by Tim Seeley and jim terry oh, okay we'll be moving to that um so maybe it's a vanguard for something else, you know, for mm-hmm. an initiative more. We've talked about stuff like this before, right? About going for certain series, just doing a trade instead of doing a bunch of single mm-hmm. issues. And maybe this is a good middle ground where you, they can still make the money from single issues and put out the collected trade. Sure. It's yeah.
0: happening. Now,
1: yeah.
2: There's a couple of big creators in there. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that they're lagging now. Is it because of trade
1: waiting? Who knows? Or as
2: someone has pointed out on the forums, is there a... I hate to say it this way an inherent bias against indie books in this realm that are not image. Yep, Just as Stephanie is saying, there is, well, it looks like an image book, mm-hmm. this one, eight yeah is there well I, i'll wait on those because i know what image will be and i know it'll come out and so on mm. and so forth it's interesting
1: pacino, it was the same guy pacino who brought oh, up okay. the dark horse story he said on a side note do you think that there are some readers that simply won't pick up a comic that is an image i've noticed people at my shop that didn't even want to pick up these creator own books um up despite them being very much up their alley as far as their tastes go um and you know i i think that we've talked about this before right That i think image as a brand has a lot of cachet right and we we've talked about how kind of their brand as an overall thing is kind of their their spider-man or their x-men or whatever it's it's what people want people see an image logo and they're immediately going to think this is a quality book for very good reason because most a lot of their books are very high quality Mm -hmm. uh the way i think about it is kind of when hbo first started making original content it was very novel right and and then all these other stations started doing it as well, and it took I think a little bit of, a little while for people to realize that you know Showtime could also make great series yeah. uh, um, that you know and then that gave emboldened people, places like AMC and then FX and then all these places yeah. to make original series. And I always remember first seeing those things and being like, "Oh, I'm not going to watch a show that's an original FX show." Yeah. that sounds horrible and now they're one of the most well respected creators of original content yeah. in TV. And I think that's what's going to start to happen with these other places as well. They do good stuff already, but I feel like they've lagged behind in their single issue presentation what Image has brought to the table. Because not only does Image do a great job of um, promoting their books, but they have always striking covers and striking imagery and striking cover dress for everything in their single issues. Yeah. And I think that draws people to it in, in in a lot of ways as well.
2: Yeah. They get displays out into the stores and make sure there's a big you know, end cap dump bin. Yeah. They make sure retailers can get extra issues mm-hmm. when they need them on the first issue so yeah. then you're not... The buzz doesn't begin and then you can't find the book. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. And they make sure you can get them. And that's that's on them. They I was... I have to. When we were talking, now it's probably three years ago about all this. As Image was beginning this whole process, mm-hmm. I was skeptical that without recurring monthly books, that they could find this way to carve out this spot that mm-hmm. they did. But just what you're saying, their their brand name is now worth more than any individual book they put out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Stephanie, you're you're the as much as we all love Image, you're Image acolyte. I'd say on the <laughs> on the talk yeah. staff. Do you think there's a bias for people that kind of? they'll pick up image books now and they don't really look at dark horse IDW as much, even though they're putting out good stuff. No, not
0: necessarily. Um, I think it has to do with promotion image really mm. puts forward, um, their books that, uh, like that they, they think people will buy, you know, they mm. do a good job of, um, talking to other creators and being like, Hey, is it cool if we advertise this comic in the back of yours? Because image, um, allows the creators to have a say in what goes in their books. Um, so they're pretty good about, um, you know, working on getting the word out about various comics. Whereas I don't feel like dark horse does as good a job of promoting their comics. Um, You know, like Hellboy and stuff, yes, Um, but they they spend a lot of time to me on the titles that they know will sell and being like, look, 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 there's a new thing. Um, And not necessarily as much time on uh, like pet projects from their creators. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's just my kind of perceived uh, image of it all, but I I think that a lot of um, the sales have to do with just in general, not just with Dark Horse and Image, um, a lack of promotion on the accounts of, you know, the people running yeah. social media yeah. and marketing. Absolutely, um, yeah. And I, I think it just, we all need to start um, into an era where we're promoting all of our books, not just the ones that we think are going to make us money.
1: Right, um, it, yeah. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy a lot of time, right? Because... Image began to well. I mean, let's not underestimate how how much The Walking Dead uh, oh, gave it. A, you know, put yeah. a shine, shined a light onto it. Mm-hmm. But it, it propagates stuff because they start making books. They sell stuff like Saga, stuff like that breaks. You know, in in a in a, in a more um, mainstream way than they even expect mm-hmm. maybe. And then they're they're the company that does interesting stuff that sells. And then all these big creators. That's why you see Scott Snyder and Kelly Sue and all of these people they want to write for image. So they end up writing for image and they don't end up writing for, you know, mm-hmm. dark horse, IDW, And so those big names are on the books so that they, so they don't sell as well, you know? So there, there's definitely a, you know, a, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy at, at times and so stuff like that. And what needs to happen is there needs to be that book that breaks big at one of these places in a way that makes creators start to sort of flock towards those imprints. Yeah. I mean th- that's what I think anyway. I mean it's like it's like the T V analogy, the Sopranos on HBO, if that isn't a monster hit, then the way w- the way the television is now, you probably don't get that. It- it- mm-hmm. the television is probably a completely different landscape if it's not for that show. Sure. Um, well
2: they had Sopranos, Sex in the City, and then yeah. everything exploded from there. Exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. And that and that influenced network television to start being more like that. So and we're already starting to see that go back the other way, right? Where the books that these people are putting out are starting to influence Marvel and DC to put out different books yes. as well. So I think you're going to see that stuff proliferating all the time. Um, but, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, I'll tell you firsthand that if a book has the image logo on it, I'm more likely to give it a second look than if it has the Dark Horse logo on it. You know, when I'm going through my, the books on Wednesday and I'm like, oh, should I check this out? Check this out. I'm not necessarily going to pick up every image book, but I'll definitely at least open up every image book that I see. And be like, what what does this look like inside? What is the story here? Um, So for me, maybe there is a little Mm -hmm. bit of a bias towards them.
2: I bet you for store owners, too. Retailers have to go through the previews and say, okay, I have to allocate my dollars this week. Mm -hmm. Wow. I've got a second or third issue of an image book that's been selling and doing well, and it's got this creator on it, or I've got a number one dark horse or IDW. Mm -hmm. That's an unknown quantity. Might be a great story. I might want to even read it. Can I get other people to want to read this? Right. Do I have enough energy, time, and money yeah. To do that. So mm-hmm. it becomes self-fulfilling at that level too.
1: Yeah. Totally. It's a great question though, but you know, yep. thank you very thank much. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. For that question. Uh, Bob using real names. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm not bad. good. I'm not good at that. <laughs> internet stuff. All right. So uh, my book of the week um, is Silk number one. This is from Robbie Thompson and uh, Stacy Lee is the artist, uh, Ian Herring on colors. And it's it, from the pages of spider verse, Silk number <laughs> one. Uh, and I, I you know I spoke of it I alluded to a little bit before but I've been trying to now every week in addition to the books I get I mostly it's a lot of Marvel series actually that I have fallen behind on that I have a bunch of issues that I just Captain Marvel Ms Marvel Silver Surfer Amazing Spider Man I had a bunch of books that I really like that I uh, some of the X Men books I just have fallen behind on six or so issues Mm -hmm. and I've been trying every week to read just catch up on one of those series and uh, last week. I didn't get a chance to talk about it on the show because I wasn't done yet. I was catching up on Spider-Verse because I had only read the first issue and I kind of left it. And I, I read through Spider-Verse and I had some issues with, with what was going on there. I thought that the idea was very cool, but the book suffers a lot from a lot of, hey, do you want to see this cool thing? Read this yeah. tie-in series to Jump it. Jump
2: through a portal to some other book. Yes. Thanks.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and some of that stuff seemed very vital to the, the main storyline, mm-hmm. you know, like just and I, have you know, I talked to you know Rob Newmeyer, friend of the show, yeah. talking games co-host, um, and he loves Spider Man, and he said, you know, it reads great together because I read all of it, but I can understand if you're just reading the main series that it, it, it could be lacking, and because there's stuff like the Scarlet Spiders, things seem very essential to you know. W- Reading that, I was like, well, I should be reading Spider-Woman because then I would know what was going on with those yeah. three characters. But if
2: you read Spider-Woman, you got nothing.
1: If you're reading it by itself without Spider-Verse. Yeah, it's terrible. So big, I thought. There, I think there's a big problem with the way those things were handled as far as stuff goes. So one of the main characters, though, in the main Spider-Verse story was Silk. And she, I, from what I've read of her, um, I, I, I found her interesting. I, I think that she has a cool power set. I like the dynamic between her and Peter. And I wanted to see what more of that was. Now, when this book was announced at New York Comic Con last year, it was announced right along Spider Gwen, which is coming out today. If you're if you're mm-hmm. listening to this, and I was definitely like, okay, Silk's coming out, but it's very secondary in my brain to Spider Gwen, and I thought it was kind of a weird bit of coincidence that it comes out the week before it. Um, so I I was just in a space where I was ready to read a book like this, but I picked it up and I read it, and I have to say I. I Obviously, it's in my book of the week section, so if I can guess, I really loved it. Um, I thought the art by Stacey Lee to me was the standout. I, I it's very reminiscent, I think, of kind of Babs Tar, uh, work on uh, Batgirl. I thought it was, you know, it brought a lot of those things to mind. Um, but I, I thought that it was bright and vibrant and fun, and it 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 gave street level, but with a different twist to it. You know, it it wasn't in the alleys and the gutters. It was very much. I'd say something like Batgirl and Ms. Marvel kind of mm-hmm. put together, you know, home life, dealing with different cultures, stuff like that, because uh, she is an Asian American. Um, uh, silk, uh, so and the writing, I, I I liked it. I I liked I liked these stories about heroes learning to be heroes. She makes a bunch of mistakes. She doesn't quite. She's not quite great at it yet, but. She's incredibly smart, and she's going to keep at it until it's all over. And there's also some great scenes with J. Jonah Jameson, um, which is very reminiscent of old school, you know, Peter, Mm -hmm. um, J. Jonah interactions. So I really liked that stuff as well. I I was extremely surprised by how much I enjoyed it and how much I wanted to read another issue of it. Um, Stephanie, I know that you had read it. So uh, what did you think of it? I thought it was great. Mm. Um, I didn't
0: know what to expect, and I think you kind of touched on it when um, you were bringing up Spider-Woman, and like, I couldn't even get through issue number one. I was like, this is so terrible. Like, I'm sorry, it was bad. Um, I mean, and it was, well, it was a bad first issue. Yes,
1: yes. Um, very absolutely. bad first issue. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, I, I don't know how it would have played in as a tie-in, whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't read Spider-Verse. Um. But Silk felt like it stood alone. Um, There's obvious tie-ins, but they explained what was going on, what had been going on. And it felt organic to me. The story uh, just really came together. And the characters were really interesting to me. I haven't read anything with Silk in it before. um, And I loved her. I thought it was great. And I know Nikki had a lot of problems with um, uh, Spider-Woman because Silk was in that And uh, she is drawn very, uh, like, you know, whitewashed. Um, Mm -hmm. All the characters don't really look like they have ethnicity. And I believe Silk is supposed to be Korean, uh, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And in this book, she distinctly looks uh, like, I mean, as Korean, I guess, as a character, like a drawn character can look.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. Um
0: I, I don't mean that in an offensive way, but I mean I think it's really hard to kind of give uh really good ethnicities to comic book characters. Mm-hmm. Uh but she does look like she's not white mm-hmm. uh in a good way. And uh I, I thought the art was very strong. The colors were very strong. I love I love Silk's costume too. I love um like the spider webs over her uh face like the Yeah,
1: almost like the bandana of of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And I thought the story was really intriguing. You know, she's not a great superhero. She loses the bad guy. She has this talk with Spider-Man and is kind of in this really weird place where she doesn't know how she fits into uh, the Spider-Verse, really, Mm -hmm. or in the world entirely. And, um, you know, she wants to... Be one of the good guys, but then she also has her own motives and her own thing going on, which um, I find personally very interesting. I like when the characters, uh, you know, they're not just kicking butt; they they have a reason for what they're doing, and obviously hers is a very um, big one, which involves finding her family. Right. Uh, I thought it was. I, I was worried because I honestly don't know this team. I don't know either of the artists, the artist or the writer very well. So I kind of was like, oh, is this like one of those books where they're like, we want female leads, but we ain't going to put anyone good on them. (laughs) Uh, And while I don't know any of them, I think they did a really excellent job with this story. And it made me want to continue picking it up month to month.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um and, uh, Robbie Thompson is uh, a supernatural writer. He's been writing on that show for a really long time apparently. Oh, he's like, one of the main so writers there. He's like yeah. a TV writer. Yeah, it's a TV writer. Gotcha. Yeah. And and Stacey Lee did a few covers for Marvel. Um and, and then she got picked up to do the interior work here. But yeah, I agree with everything you said, Stephanie. I, I think that it's it's a really intriguing idea. I love that it's I love that the stakes are low in the global universe sense but very high for her. You know, I, I, lo- I love that. I, I that's what I want in these kind of street level New York type of books, I want them to be about I want them to be about problems that are big to the characters, but not necessarily world altering end of the world changes, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: you know, like I don't think uh, realistically, I mean superheroes obviously don't exist, right, but if you could hypothetically look at the world and be like, "Oh, what would happen if people had superpowers? not everyone would be like. I have the perfect motives. I'm just gonna go fight crime. My whatever happens to my family, it's not my problem. Like mm-hmm. that'll that'll work itself out. Like, you know, people are gonna use their powers um for personal stuff too. And I mean, a lot of characters do that regardless in mm-hmm. the stories we read, but um hers just kind of felt like it felt sort of Batman detective comics y. Mm -hmm. Um, without, you know, Batman. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Let's see, I didn't pick this up in the store this week because not having read Spider-Verse and having been disappointed at how little I could glean from Spider-Woman, what was going on with all these other characters who I enjoyed some Mm of but couldn't get anything from because the book was all over the place. And reading through it here, I will pick it up today. (laughs) Because... There's just enough backstory and flashing backwards and forwards that you understand the whole original sin thing Mm. and what happened and and where it happened because they do show you just about to go on and then why she does what she does and why it's important and still it's fun, but as you say, it still has stakes and consequences, but personal. Yeah, So it's a very good book at that level. Absolutely. Really really stunning.
1: This is what I think they should have done with Spider-Woman. I think they should have started it now. You know, when all the event time was done, if they wanted to do like a, you know, like a a, a miniseries that was like Spider-Women or something and it was a direct yes. tie into Spider-Verse, I think that would have been a lot more honest way to go about doing that book and then do it like this. Right. You know?
2: Which is what their relaunch is going to be. Absolutely. It, and I'm going to yeah. pick up that issue. I'm going to pick
1: up that issue because I love the team on it now. I love the artist so I'm, and I love the redesign of her costume. So I'm excited to see how yeah. where that goes from that, but yeah, Silk Number One was great. If if people haven't picked it up for the reasons that Bob was saying and stuff like that, uh, pick it up because it's it's definitely worth a read. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about our our shared book of the week. Uh, Steve assigned us Plunder from Boom Studios and Archaea. Um This is written by Swifty Lang, illustrated by Scuds McKinley. <laughs> Colors by Jason Wordy and letters by Deron Bennett. Who
2: are they all really?
1: What yeah, are they I know their real names. It's Swifty Lang. <laughs> see, my name is Swifty Lang. Here's my buddy Scuds. Scuds McKinley, I say. Um, so, Plunder is the story of pirates, modern pirates, the Captain Phillips type pirates. Yeah. Uh, about a new recruit who you know, isn't quite up to snuff for, for them he, he can 't shoot a gun um and they're on this mission, and they have a very very oppressive head named internet <laughs> who thinks that he can predict the future and they run into this boat uh that they're going that is dead in the water they're looking for parts for their boat, which is also badly damaged, and they run into something more than they can chew um and that's the basic overall of of what uh, what Plunder is. Um, I'm interested, Bob, what, what you thought of it.
2: I <laughs> didn't care much for it, honestly. I couldn't connect with any of the characters particularly. There are a lot of them, and mm-hmm. maybe that's the problem. There yeah. are about 30 characters, it seems like, all running around, shooting and doing awful things. Seemed very derivative to me. A uh, lot does, because I'm just old, but... <laughs> Sort of a cross between, I hate when people do this, but I'm going to do it because it's my turn. (laughs) It's a cross between Dead Calm and that movie Virus. Oh, wow. Right. (laughs) That's a deep cut. There you go. (laughs) But it's, you know, you find a ship and weird things are going on. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a big horror element, Mm -hmm. at least it seems that way, more than a science fiction element. Yeah. It gets really gruesome. Yeah. And the artwork is oddly cartoony. And very gruesome. Mm -hmm. And in a way that doesn't do service to either half, for me anyway. Yeah. Where I'm going to mention another deep name is a guy named Basil Wolverton who drew in the 40s and 50s. Another fake name. (laughs) Another fake name. um, Became famous at Mad Magazine for drawing uh, the most ugly, hideous woman on earth, Lena the Hyena, (laughs) with like warts and ropey things all over her face. And he did science fiction stuff in the 50s. But it was so outre that it, it worked. This is not either. It's kind of a mess hmm. for me. I, I will not
1: pick up an issue with this. Sorry. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> well, Steve didn't write it. So it's yeah, okay. well, there you go. He did pick it, though. He so, did. Yeah. But to fear, Steve didn't write it when he picked it. Yeah. Uh, um, Stephanie, what did you think of it?
0: I didn't like it. <laughs> I was, like, reading it and... I I mean, I read the whole thing, but had it not been our shared book of the week, (laughs) I would have stopped reading after the first few pages. I was so turned off by everything that was happening. I just kind of... The art wasn't terrible. Um, It just... The story didn't read very easily. Um, It just... It felt clunky, um, and it felt kind of amateur uh, in a lot of ways, uh, it, it just, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like where it was going. I didn't like the buildup to it. I didn't like the characters. Uh, the art, again, was okay, but that wasn't enough to save any other part of it for me.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I, I i didn't dislike it. Uh, I didn't love it either. Um, I, I agree with a lot of stuff you guys are saying, just in kind of like a more muted way. Um, it didn't bother me a, a, as as much. Uh, and I also, I gotta say, I read it twice just to have this discussion. And the second time I read it, I, I definitely enjoyed it more because I knew more what was going on. I knew the characters a little bit more. Um, that's not an excuse for the first time right, around, yeah. obviously. But after reading for a second time, I, th- I had a little bit of better grip on who the, who the people were. And I think the book trips up in, in, in some ways uh, that you know it, it feels underdeveloped in some ways to me because the characters that are laid out um vi- you know art is obviously a subjective thing but visually they have interesting designs right they have they're very stand out from each other in, in 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 a visual way you know the scars the the kind mm-hmm. of half melted face of the one guy the kind of, the the kind of kid aspect of it uh all that stuff it's very diverse uh but they don't spend enough time going into each character and this is obviously it's gonna be a mini series obviously it's book one of four so they're getting through stuff quickly so they're not spending a lot of time going to each character but i could have used a little bit more of that the first time around to know who these people were a little bit better um or maybe focus down on less people sure um because you know obviously it's a horror story like you said so you need cannon fodder you need people who are going to are going to die um, at, yeah. you know, at a certain point, and so you need people to take out of the equation. So I think that's part of the reason why there's so many people uh, in, in the story. Again, not an excuse for the, uh, to be there, but I think that's why that's there. But some of them seemed too similar in their attitudes for me to really dig it. Um, as far as the art goes, I didn't. I didn't mind the art. I, I like the idea of these pirates going on. It's almost like the thing with pirates in, yeah, in some okay. ways, you know. And that to me, I, I don't. I don't have a problem with unlikable characters being your main character in a story like this uh because there's some sort of innate joy in people who deserve their come comeuppance getting their comeuppance mm-hmm. uh b- but i i felt a little bit like we're supposed to care about the main character because he is sort of an innocent even though he's gone along with these people he kind of just wanted something more with his life and he went along with the wrong crowd um i can't have a lot of Pity for someone who decides to go out and be a murderer and a plunderer. Yeah. Um. But I I get what they're trying to go for there. When we get to the horror elements of stuff, it, it the design just felt a little bit too, I guess, on the nose for me. But it, it was kind of, in my mind, the way my brain decoded it was them trying to go like, how? What's the easiest way we can shock as many people as possible? Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work for me. You know, I I felt the artifice behind it. More than I felt like I should have um, And There are aspects of it that I think are Intriguing right there are, there are little bits of it that I'm Like well what is this thing that's happening You know what, what, where did this thing come from Is it, is it sort, sort of like the Little bugs they put in the ears in Wrath of Khan yeah. Where it's like yeah. controlling these people because it seems like That cook guy at the end is Being controlled by some other being uh, But I don't Think it was enough to get me to want to Read uh, more issues Of, of the book yeah, I, you know, it was overall disappointment for me. Um, if you can have disappointment without having expectations, got to do nothing about right, the book. Yeah. But you know, it's the, really the first one I think of of our books of the week that we haven't you know had um, a more layered discussion and that we haven't had a overall positive uh, vibe about. So that's a shame. But I want to. Steve wrote in. He's not here today, but he wrote in a a lengthy email uh, for me to read uh, on his thoughts on the book. We also <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Little distraction.
0: <laughs> Get your head in the game, guys. Sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, Steve sent in his thoughts on plunder number one. He said. First, my apologies for not being able to make it to the recording of this week's podcast. I'm well aware that House Stark has warned us all that winter is coming, but damn, I'll be sure to return next week with fresh enthusiasm and most likely lots of flowery words for Spider-Gwen number one. It's a little spoiler because Spider-Gwen number one is going to be our book share book of the week next week. Uh It's that hard to judge from what's coming out next week. On to business. I enjoyed Plunder number one. To be honest, I had next to no idea that we were all in for when I chose this title to be my pick for our shared Book of the Week segment. Based on the gorgeous cover art from artist Scuds McKinley, I knew we'd be dealing with pirates as well as freakish monsters from the Briny Deep. So I ask you, how could I possibly resist? For me, Plunder Number 1 feels like the start of a late-night creature feature. I almost wish that Joe Bob Briggs had a guest spot at the start of the book, but perhaps that's asking for too much. Overall, I I enjoyed the delivery of the story. Um, from what I can gather is about a young man who's fallen in with the wrong crowd I know full well what it's like to have a desire to make your father proud yet still wanting to carve your own path in life in that I applaud Ba-Badoons this is why I didn't say the names (laughs) because I didn't know how to say them Uh, motivations yet I question the group in which he's chosen to follow the cows is round out by a band of scurvy sea dogs who have a taste for foul language and danger thus far we haven't seen much in the way of character depth for anyone beyond that of Badoon with the exception being that of his pirate captain Internet Silly names aside, I'm not sure that I need much depth into their characters to enjoy the story. I kept reminding myself it's only four issues. There isn't time to find out what manner of sweets Dead Tooth gnoshed upon long enough to earn his name. Additionally, people will most likely die and die quickly, so let's get to the killing and enjoy the ride. For me, uh, McKinley's art felt right on the money for this otherworldly sea story. Perhaps there are a few panels where bodies appeared contorted or facial expressions bizarre, but I got the impression that these these folk have experienced some rather harsh travels. So I'm willing to let that go in the face of the bold coloring and the super sweet lighting of the pages. I don't want to make Bobby read on for too much longer or do I evil laugh. So I'll leave you with my final thoughts. I'm on board for plunder knowing that it's only four issues encourages me to pick it up in single issue form. Although I'm certain this will make for a very cool trade. Once all is said and done, Archaea books in the past have had a way of leaving us off in odd places in their leap to the single issue format. With Plunder, I'm just going to think of that in time in between as lengthy commercial break for a particularly cool movie airing at 3 a.m. on Channel 8 USA. That'll give me time to grab some more popcorn. Cheers. All right, so that's our discussion on Plunder number one from Boom Studios. Um, we're going to take a little break and we'll come back and talk a little of Secret War. Alright, we are back, and um, before we jump into talking a little bit about what's coming with Secret Wars, what the tie-ins are, kind of how they're going to relate to the books that you might be reading right now, um, following up a little bit from a story that we talked about uh, two weeks ago with Spider-Man joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, Stephanie actually made sure to send me this link before we started uh, recording uh, tonight, but there was a story on uh, polygon.com. It says Spider Man may not be Peter Parker in Marvel's movie Universe. Um, and this is from, um, this is reported by Slash Film originally. Um, Jeff Snyder, who is a film reporter, he writes for Arlington Weekly, uh, pretty big name, uh, said on a, a, a podcast called Meet the Movie Press Podcast, he said, Listen, this is not in Set in Stone, guys, but I'm telling you right now, Spider Man's not going to be white. Uh, Snyder went on to say that he was 95% sure of this information and that Marvel Studios version of Spider-Man will most likely be black or Latino. Snyder said he doesn't think the character will be Peter Parker and that the idea of a black or Latino Spider-Man certainly fits in with Miles Morales, who is both. Um, Stephanie, you sent the link. So what, what do you think about this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I Peter Parker school down with Peter Parker though. Miles Morales for the win. <laughs> um, I think this is potentially good. I think it's a potentially really great shakeup. Um, and I wholeheartedly embrace it. That's basically it.
1: <laughs> so, um, Dan Slott talked about this kind of leaked out and then Dan Slott was talking about it on Twitter. And of course he got like a, uh, de- deluge <laughs> yeah. of hate for, for talking about this. Um, you know, for posing the idea that there's nothing intrinsically white about Spider-Man. And then he got a lot of flack for it. But, uh, Bob, what do you think about them using Miles instead of Peter?
2: Well, the best thing to come out of the Ultimate Universe is Mm. Miles Morales, and that we've already seen five Spider-Man movies. We could certainly tie them together. You could even have a handoff movie where you see Peter for half of it, Mm. having seen Miles as his lab assistant or however you want to play this, and then have a great moment of that passing of the torch, and to introduce everyone to this new character... If if it turns into the press story of Peter Parker is now uh, Latino mm-hmm. or black or whatever else they w- want to say here, that's not what the story is, but that's what it could get turned into. Make sure we say that it's Miles and this character, and let's make sure Marvel has to throw that story out there. Just as Stephanie says, I think it's potentially a very big changeover that allows for new people to come in, both in the audience from the comics and who are, have not been represented on screen before. Why not? Mm -hmm. You know, we do have this character. It is created to be an homage to Peter, someone who relates to him, who's a hero for him. Go for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, I think it's overall positive news and I, I I look forward. I I don't think you're going to be too long until you start hearing announcements on casting and stuff like that. Mm Um, we're too close to, you know, Winter Soldier, um, and the two main announcements made about that movie already, that if he's going to be in that movie, um, which I Mm -hmm. predict that he will be, uh, we're going to start seeing casting and stuff coming out, I think relatively soon, but we'll see how all that shakes out. I'm sure there'll be a big reveal for it and everything. I'm sure it won't just be, um, news that's kind of passed off in a, in a, in a press release. Um. So yeah, I wanted to cover that because it was be a relatively big news, obviously. It's not news yet, but when someone like Jeff Snyder says he's 95% sure, um, things can obviously change, but he probably has very good information about about what's going on in the background. He mentioned that a lot of it might have to do with the fact that a lot of what came out in the Sony leak, some of the emails, some of the correspondence, were very much perceived as racist uh, Uh, and that this might be a reaction to it. Um, uh, You know, one of those situations where the result... Um, of something shitty could end up, you know, being something good. So we'll hopefully, hopefully that that will happen. Um, Cause I love to see Miles. He's a great character, yeah. and he he's obviously resonated with a lot of people. The fact that he is absolutely going to survive whatever we're going to talk about right now (laughs) yeah um he's obviously going to survive and he's going to be a big part of that universe for years and years so we'll see we'll see what happens
2: the interaction between he and peter in Mm. spider-men was so great i don't want to miss that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i hope there is some sort of pass-off between the two but uh for continuity's sake yes um but yeah we'll, we'll see what happens uh like I said earlier, and again, this is gonna be more of a news kind of thing than anything else, different than our usual kind of topic stuff. Because we spoke at length about what we thought about Secret Wars, and you can listen to that podcast that was out about a month ago, I believe. Now a little more than that, uh, you can check that out. But we've had a lot of questions coming at us about, you know, asking how we're gonna deal, how what, what Secret Wars is, what what it means, where what what should they read, what they shouldn't read. A lot of confusion out there. Marvel has b- been not been so. They've been very big with announcements. They've announced a lot of books. They've talked about a lot of books, but they haven't really given us a clear idea of, of what where we're going to go from from there. And look, if anybody out there who's listening has a clear idea of what's going to happen, please write in and let us know um, what that is because uh, I'd love to be able to put it out there. Maybe we just haven't been parsing the news in, in the right way. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, there's a series of lead-up books called Last Days that are going to happen b- before Secret Wars launches, right? So the the, the Loki Agent of Asgard is having, I think, four books with that with that labeling on it. Uh, Captain America and the Mighty Avengers is having one, Magneto, Silver Surfer, Ms. Marvel, Punisher, and Black Widow all are going to have books with Last Days on it. Uh, I think initially a lot of the, the feeling was that that meant that those series were going to end... Um, G. Will Wilson has made it very clear that th- that's not the case, mm. uh, at least in Ms. Marvel's, um, in Ms. Marvel's case, that there are definitely plans for that book in the future beyond whatever Secret Wars is going to be. So I think it's important to put that out there because I think that the messaging obviously has been, like something last days, Yeah, it, it can be very confusing. Especially because not every book is getting a last days book, only it seems certain books are getting them. So it could mean a book is over. That's not what this is going to mean. Um, some of these books, maybe that's what it's going to happen, but it does, that doesn't mean that it's like death sentence for for these books. I think a lot of the other, um, a lot of the other questions have been if all the books are going to be not running during this time. If if I'm reading this book and not reading that book, mm-hmm. what 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 is going to be my analog for for that? Right. Now, um, Marvel has a lot of information on their website, and I spent some time kind of parsing through this stuff. And, and going through um, you know they have an interactive map that you can that you can click on that kind of tells you what universe things are dealing with and it will tell you what books are going to exist in in, in those universes um they also have an interesting thing where if you go to this map and you click on let's say there's like the 2099 world if i clicked on the 2099 world um not only does it give me like a description in the year 2099, the Marvel Universe proves that there will always be a need for heroes in this dystopian future, blah blah blah. blah. It gives you like the, the pitch for what 2099 was all about. And if you click on discover more, um, it will take you to a list for some of these books, and for yeah, for this as well, where it's not just gonna give you what's books that are being published now that this is gonna be dealing with. It's going it gives you a full list of like the best of 2099. Stuff from years back. So, you know, Spider Man 2099, number one from 1992, is listed on here as yeah. kind of a part of whatever is going to happen in this. Will it link you to Marvel Unlimited or something so you can purchase this book? I'm going to see right now, Bob. If I click, yes. You awesome. can either buy the digital series or it says Marvel Unlimited. Marvel members will get a limited access to this issue and over 12,000 others. So, very smart on their part. Yeah. Uh, I think that on its service is pretty cool. That they're that they're bringing in their history into this that you can check out, and maybe these books will give you more insight into whatever you're going to be reading. Um, if completely flies in the face of their uh, "this is a great starting point for new readers" yes. thing, if they're yeah. giving you you know 25 year old books to to read before you're you're <sighs> supposed to read this. But as far as functionality and I think kind of helping you parse out what's happening, it's it's a it's a pretty yes. good good thing to, to have
2: i'll give them that checkmark. yeah uh
1: what what's what's disappointing about this though is that i like that history aspect of it but when i click on stuff it doesn't really tell me you know like what books are coming out that directly are going to be oh. featuring those characters there's gonna be a 29 book we already know that um they've already said that there's gonna be that book but it doesn't give you a direct title or anything like that right so um but this map, will show you, if you click on stuff, will give you characters that are going to appear in whatever books are centralized here. Again, this is very confusing stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you it's not confusing. Um, I spent probably an hour going through this stuff, Ouch. and I'm st- I'm, t- I'm not totally clear on everything that's happening here. Uh, but for those looking for that book, for Spider-Man 2099 and those characters, obviously the 2099 world, mm-hmm. a part of battle world, is what you're going to be wanting t- to check out. Um, I don't believe that they officially announced a tie-in for that yet, because I'm looking at also the tie-in list here um i'm sure there'll be s- okay secret wars 2099 volume one is is announced so um that is obviously the book you're gonna be looking at if you're enjoying spider-man 2099 you're gonna want to check that out um and feel free if anybody wants to jump in and talk about the stuff go right ahead because <laughs> i'm gonna play off this stuff and then we'll go we'll you go from go there for it yes um i'm sure stephanie is just very embroiled in her secret wars journal that she's been keeping uh, I'm so excited. Labeling <laughs> every, everywhere she needs to go, every, everything she needs to do. Uh, I'm
0: just like overwhelmed with joy <laughs> at the thought of all of these things I need to read to enjoy an event.
1: <laughs> just, um,
0: I, I can't wait.
1: <laughs> so one of the other ones... Can you tell? Yes, I can definitely tell. Cool, carry on. Okay. So one of the other big things, right, is uh, there's an Age Apocalypse world, Um it's called The of Apocalypse, which we have I don't think we have a book yet um, announced uh, for this, but it's a its a world and battle world. Obviously, there'll be a book. Mm-hmm. This was part of that litany of announcements they made a few months ago <laughs> where they're doing a Civil War, Age of Apocalypse, yeah. um, Days of Future Past, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that'll be part of that. No, as far as I can see, looking at this list, uh, no tie-in yet announced uh, for that. But one of these books could, could could very potentially feature these characters for all I know um we've got the wastelands well there you go and the book for that will be old man logan a uh, wolverine old man logan they recently you know talked about the, the the creative team for that which i'm gonna have to look up because i just already totally forgot of what it was even though i had it written down um, i'm gonna look it up right now but old man logan is is obviously a very kind of Beloved uh, miniseries and, and run of books that dealt with Logan when he was older. So, one of the things which I think is pretty cool about this kind of stuff is bringing back is the ability to bring back stuff like this that people might have loved that has no place in the regular, you know, Marvel universe right now. Um, it has a good team, kind of. I mean, it, actually, it might be Brian Michael Bendis and yes, Brian Michael Bendis. Um, and Andrea Sorrentino, uh, newly signed exclusively,
2: Marvel, to Marvel. exclusive. Yeah.
1: Andrea Sorrentino will be doing Old Man Logan. Um, you're probably be getting, you know, some of obviously Bendis is the current X-Men writer until Secret Wars is over. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be getting probably some of your X-Men fix f- from that book. Um, might be something you want to check out if that's the case, or if that creative team interests you, which it mm-hmm. does interest me. I've never read any of the Old Man Logan stuff that was before I really started getting into mm-hmm. comics. I think it was right at the tail end, actually so I, I the idea of it seems cool to me I, I I don't know how that other stuff played, but the idea of it seems cool to me um following along in, in their great naming conventions <laughs> mutopia um, oh, <laughs> is um, is the uh is the land of the mutants um shocking <laughs> and uh i' believe i'm i'm gonna guess that's where a lot of those kind of days of future past tie in stuff is gonna mm. happen um he says, the, the, the first one is Cassandra Nova has murdered 16 million mutants. Now she has her sights set on the X-Men. Xavier and his team of mutants have long dreamed of a time of peace, but the time for dreaming is over. Now it's time to fight, which seems very different than the, what they've been doing for, forever. Yeah. Um, or this event. Yes. <laughs> but they will be fighting. Uh, I, I don't see a straight-up X-Men book l- labeled here yet. I'm sure we'll get one. I don't know what it's going to be called. I, it's probably going to do with that Days of Future. I don't think it was called Days of Future Past. It was called something else. Yeah. Um, but it was using that artwork. It uh, had Gene Gray on the front of it. Uh, they, they, they they put out that teaser. I don't believe they've announced that series yet. Um, so we'll have to see w- w- what comes of that. But that seems like the place where you're going to really get your kind of X-Men as as we know it stuff going on there. Uh, w- oh, no, sorry, I was totally wrong, Bob. I'm just you know, uh, you found one. I found the days of future pass is mostly going to happen in Sentinel territories. <laughs> uh, which self-explanatory yeah. <laughs> mutopia the, they have new like grant morrison frank quietly new x-men artwork up in the in the mutopia area so we'll see what happens with that um i cannot believe they're going to be featuring that world too heavily but who knows who knows um again very difficult to parse out house of m we knew that was coming back um that that has their the monarchy of m the monarchy uh, of m is is that and obviously, there are places where all these things are getting revisited, and, and some of these are going to be more in the the journals and the the crossover books, where mm-hmm. worlds are going to be fighting worlds. You've already heard about that. One of the books, obviously announced, is uh, Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies, and they're two parts of the same. They're two parts of Battle World, so we're going to have to see what what, what, what comes of that. Again, we don't know everything yet. We and these are all tie ins. This is not even do what's going to happen in the in the regular yeah. series. The I thing what, was
2: about that book is James Robinson, Steve Pugh, who are doing the Invaders.
1: Yeah. Oh, you talking about Marvel Zombies versus yeah, Age, Age of, of Ultron. Ultron. Yeah.
2: Shorn of the stupid title.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm sorry. I'm not there's supposed to be no opinions here. Shorn of the. Oh, you can
1: have an opinion. Okay. Short
2: of shorn of that title. I'm just saying this is not was, an opinion, opinion about opinion. our
1: overall thought about yeah. Secret Wars because we know what it is.
2: The three leads from the I guess is the Age of Ultron side of mm-hmm. things. Jim Hammond, the original Android Human Torch, the Vision, and Wonder Man who were linked in some weird sort of way. At, at one point in Marvel's history, the thought was that the vision was actually created using the torch's body. Okay. And Simon Williams' brain pattern, Wonder Man's, were used to create the vision. Mm-hmm. So that is really interesting in and of its own self, except the Marvel zombies concept. <laughs> Kirkman created it. was really cool for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, initially it was in... Um, Ultimate Fantastic Four. They discovered that world, and then they did years and years of Marvel zombies that ceased to be fun about two miniseries in. <laughs> I would love to see as a lot of these. I'd love to have seen these worlds just revisited. Mm-hmm. But those three characters as a lead—that shows a lot of neat invention to me.
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't. I I didn't looked in yet to that, and that sounds interesting to me. Those kind of characters. I love using those kind of characters that are underused, that mm-hmm. aren't that aren't everywhere, that aren't inundating us. So. That idea sounds cool. Again, like the Marvel Zombies thing is something that I think is a neat idea, but it, I don't know how well it will play, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows what will happen? Sometimes these kind of crazy things, that seem, things that seem lamest or craziest on the surface end up being good stuff. So we'll have to see what, what comes yep. of that. Um, so uh, you know, some of these things still have... We still have uh, incursion imminent stuff, So and they give you dates Ooh. on when stuff is going to be announced. So um, there is... Which one is this? This is Bar Sinister, which is March tenth, two thousand fifteen. We're getting an announcement on that. I'm guessing that's going to be something with Mister Sinister, another X Men focused stuff. Um, We've got Limbo, which again is incursion imminent, which is March third, two thousand fifteen. That could be an X Men thing because yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, Another one we have is Killville, (laughs) which sounds right up Bob's alley. Yeah,
2: Um, (laughs) don't these all sound right? Yeah, yeah.
1: That we don't know when that's happening yet, but um, th- th- that is oh sorry that's March tenth as well. We'll have an announcement for that. Um, let's see what else we got here. We talked about Bar Sinister already. We've got uh, Arcadia, which that is going to be the A Force book, which is probably going to fill a lot of. Uh, is, uh, they've already said it's going to be kind of the Avengers book for mm-hmm. for the Secret Wars time um so that's that's we talked about that a couple weeks ago already a force is where that book goes now what
2: what month does that actually start
1: um may i guess i think it June? starts in may it starts whenever the regular series starts oh, so, oh
2: yes it's may i actually wrote it down it's maybe, oh, okay yeah it's may
1: uh so let's see what is this this one's the wall okay i'm clicking on the interactive map here so the wall we have we don't know what this is yet um so wall dividing two areas of of the battle world so we'll see what happens with that. Jack Nicholson's
2: on top of it. Yes, he is. Yeah, okay. like, you need him on that wall. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, the Deadlands, which, again, we don't know exactly what yet. It's got March 3rd on it, so very soon. Um, New Xandar, which obviously Zandar is referenced Nova, yeah. to Nova. Nova. Okay. Thing, the, that's where the Infinity Gauntlet stuff is coming back. Um, again, no exact tie-in it has been announced yet uh, for that. So we'll have to see what, what, what comes from there. Um I think I'm going back. This I might be missing stuff because I'm I'm working off a very weird set of parameters here. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Perfection, which that's the Age of Ultron world, which will be uh, of course going up against the Marvel Zombies mm-hmm. world. Um, I don't know if the Deadlands is going to be being the, the Marvel Zombies world. It says Incursion imminent, in so I'm guessing not because we already have an announcement for that no. stuff. But we'll, we'll have to see. I, I, I don't know yet. Um, Valley of the Flame Incursion imminent in coming on March 3rd. Uh, the Hydra Empire. March 10th. Uh, Holofield is one we do know about, which Field is going to be um, where Captain Marvel will live for this. Oh. Yes.
2: I thought it was about Gwen Stefani.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Hero, pilot, Avenger, Captain Marvel, Earth's mightiest hero, with with death-defying powers and an attitude to match, is back and launching headfirst into a new role. Squadron leader, the interstellar defense team, the Carol Corps. And who's doing that? Uh, We don't know. The book is going I'm going to assume it's going to be Kelly Sue yeah. You have to assume, right? Yeah. Uh, that obviously will be where you'll get your Captain Marvel fix if you're a Captain Marvel fan. Um, it's two books I'm buying in, in May. <laughs> the War Zone is where Civil War will, will be happening. Um, again, we don't know what how this is going to take shape, what's going to happen. I don't believe we have a team announced uh, yet for that, but we'll, we'll have to see what, what comes of it as we go along. Um, which I'm going to say about a lot of this stuff because we just don't know. Uh, hopefully, if it's a good team and uh, they do something interesting with the concept they mm-hmm. haven't done yet. Uh, the City, which we don't have anything for yet. Um, I'm guessing Classified, we don't have anything for yet, which don't. It's Classified. It's Classified. Uh, Manhattan, uh, we don't have anything left. <laughs> we don't have anything for. Uh, it's a battle world or is it a <laughs> war zone? So we have E-Egypt- Egyptia, <laughs> which is forever... <laughs> For, forever yesterday, the new Sphinx uh, uses the power of the Costone Stone to no, alter reality no. to his own choosing, and the new warriors find themselves in a world where Egypt has ruled for thousands of years. The Avengers are led by Captain Assyria, and their main foe is the Mutant Liberation Alliance, a group of freedom fighters led by Magneto, Juggernaut, and Sebastian Shaw.
2: Okay, what does Rama Tut think about this? I wonder.
1: I don't know. We'll have to get a quote from yeah. Rama Tut at a certain point. Uh, we have some more classified stuff. We've got some. We've got uh, King James England, where, where is where Marvel 1602 will be taking place. That universe. So I going mean, I assume it's not Neil Gaiman doing it again. Um, mm-hmm. But again, isn't announced yet for the the tie-in. So I'm not. I'm not exactly uh, sure.
2: Peter David did one of the uh, Fantastic Four 1602. So maybe he's got something to do with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a bunch of tie-ins, right? When yeah. Neil Gaiman did that main that mainline mm-hmm. series. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Again, not really going to fill your hole of, of any, you know, of any um, of the books you're reading, maybe, but. Again, that's where that's coming. Uh, we've got the Regency, which is the Spider-Man where one more day, kind of the amazing Spider-Man universe is going to live at least part of it. Um, you know, one more day, people don't know what it was with a storyline that was done a few years ago where uh, a lot of kind of stuff in Spider-Man's world was changed. Uh, it was kind of in the the inception of kind of Dan Slotz mm-hmm. taking over the series. It, it, it's what edited the Mary Jane-Peter marriage. It, it, it's what mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty sure put Peter's identity back into secret yeah. um is act, that Shane Michael act, I, you know I, I'm not sure I think I okay. think so yes uh so it's a good I mean I I thought it was a good story uh I know people have some people have some different opinions on it but probably a lot of your Spider-Man stuff there uh Kunlun which is obviously the Iron Fist world uh, I'm going to assume also is where we have a uh, a deadly Kung Fu book Master, Master of, of Kung Master Fu Master of Kung Fu book happening Which I'm sure will also happen there which is Obviously, not um, f- focus on Danny Rand. It's uh, Shang Chi. Uh, he's had you know they did a, another run before this, so we'll see what what comes of that. Um, uh, I'm assuming that Danny Rand will make some sort of appearance yeah. in, in this as well because they're combining a lot of those universes and a lot of mm-hmm. characters that are similar into 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 the same books. Um, I I love that aspect of of their universe, so I, I'm all for seeing more stuff mm-hmm. with that. But if you've been reading, I guess you know the Living Weapon, the Iron Fist book. That's where you would probably want to go for for, for that book. Um, weird World, which we don't know what that is yet. Uh, that's March 10th. We'll find out more. Uh, U- U- Utopolis uh, also <laughs> coming soon. Uh,
2: I swear the, the, they used alphabet cereal and yes. just swirled it around and came up with these. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, we have Utopolis. Um, we have a uh, higher Avalon, which is the Captain Britain world. Oh. Um, which I'm excited about that because mm-hmm. I love that character. Again, I don't know if you're reading the other books, probably not something that you've been jumping on, but I'm excited to see what they do with that core because I feel like they could be a big part of what happens in Secret Wars. <laughs> um, hold on a second. Stephanie just send me a message. Stephanie, are you there right now?
0: Yeah, I might need to run. Um, unfortunately, my poor kitty cat is really sick right now. Um, poor kitty. So, yeah, I'm... I may need to go make sure she's all right. That's okay. There's... Make sure your cat's yes, okay. absolutely. Yes. So, well, I am just riveted <laughs> by this Secret Wars talk. Um, <laughs> I, I unfortunately need to take my leave um, and take care of my geek cat. All
1: right. Take care of the cat, Stephanie. See you next week. Okay. Night, guys. <laughs> we'll talk Good soon. Night. All right. Bye. <laughs> all righty. So Stephanie is gone. So we will. We will now we can talk about it. We will soldier on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have a Captain Britain world, which is going to obviously it's going to be in higher Avalon. Um, Do we have
2: any Excalibur things going on? There are so many
1: nice. little little things here for me to click on. Um, let's see here. I, I accidentally clicked on the same thing again, and it took me to a weird thing. Now, an Imminent. You Get the War Zone. It's a Civil War. Did I miss anything? I don't think I've missed anything so far. Um so, New Quack City, which obviously is going to be Howard the Duck, <laughs> which is an amazing name. Yes, for that.
2: Best so far.
1: Uh, Arachnia, which is going to be the Spider Verse world. So, if you've enjoyed all of those characters, that's the place where you're going to get that book. That's where you'll go for that. That's been already been announced. Secret War Spider Verse. Um, let's see what else we got here. We've got Marvel, which is like the Scotty Young verse. So it's going oh. to be kind of the A versus X babies okay. type of world. Okay. Um, who will stay up past their bedtime? Who will put down? Who will be put down for a nap? The Marvel babies face off and find out which hero will crawl crawl away victorious. I may read that one.
2: <laughs> I was worried that you were going to do the Bill Jamis did a book Marvel Mar-ville or Marvel? Okay. B I L L E many years ago that was miserable. Okay, so I was hoping that would be part it, of it. It was not it good. good. <laughs> the, he's probably, he probably disavow his. time there good okay
1: um there's a few other areas that have not been announced yet the far east some of the ones i mentioned but that seems to me if i missed if i missed a country or an area i'm sorry (laughs) i try to keep track of it the best i could um running down the tie-ins that have been announced which some of these obviously don't fit Mm -hmm. into these exactly and could be part of these other ones um we've got ultimate end volume one ultimate universe stuff so if you're an ultimate universe fan that's what you're going to want to be reading mm-hmm. uh it's going to deal with the end of that universe in humans Attila and rising volume one again um if you're reading the human book that's where you're going to want to go the nice thing about some of these books ultimate end volume one is written by brian michael bendis and has art by mark bagley the two people who started the ultimate universe are going to finish the yeah. ultimate universe some nice continuity there whatever you think about the event mm-hmm um in humans italian rise in volume one it's gonna be written by charles soul who's been written in human series so again you're keeping the same sort of creative yeah. teams going on there uh master of kung fu volume two uh that's gonna be written by hayden blackman um with art by Dalibor to through a tough name in me you got it i think you did well so I that book I don't think that book is running right now but if you were interested if you liked that book if you liked the Iron Fist universe that's where you're going to want to go for your, for your stuff there. Um Ghost Racers volume 1 which is when they anou- announced relatively recently yeah. Felipe Smith who has been writing that book will continue to write uh this Ghost Racers book and that's going to include all the ghost riders from from across oh. the thing. So you got you know, ghost rider on a horse, you got Johnny Blaze, all that stuff, Danny Ketch, I'm going to assume. Yeah um uh nicholas cage nicholas cage <laughs> i can't remember the female ghost writer's name right now um who was kind of right before they introduced this new one will be there as well uh some gorgeous Francesco Francavilla oh. covers for it really oh. amazing covers interiors 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 i can't remember I, this is, uh. you, you're catching me unawares here bob okay um I, I i have all these all these stories in my email um let's see ghost racers let's see who is writing ghost racers volume one it's weird because the marvel wikia doesn't tell you who's writing these books which really bothers me know, why would they keep that a secret because because i mean it's on like their like they're regularly they announced it and it's on you know th- those parts of it but it, it it doesn't like on their website but on their wiki for some reason it doesn't it doesn't have it um so let me just i'm looking so the magic of google ghost Racer yeah. secret wars um <laughs> Ghost Rider Becomes Ghost Racers During Secret Wars is the the headline here. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Felipe Smith is the writer. And let's see. Juan Gedeon is the interior artist. Um, The interiors look good. I mean, obviously, it's tough to stand up against uh, (coughs) Francesco Francesco stuff. But the interiors look really cool as well. And Ghost Rider is one of those characters, much like you talked about with the the Marvel zombies, Age of Ultron Mm -hmm. stuff. It's one of those characters who I feel like, you know, has had it up and down. It was very, very popular in the 90s, but is an underused character at this Mm -hmm. point. And its history, I think, gives it a possibility to be interesting. Uh, And I I think the character is this demonic, possessed being that is trying to do good. I I, I like stories like that. Um, And again, the cover image is just awesome. So if you've been reading that Ghost Rider book, that's where you're going to want to go um Thor's volume one uh again very nicely keeping the, the the continuity as far as Jason Aaron who will be writing that book for for Marvel um and I will look up the artist as well here mm. I feel very bad not knowing artist names off the top of my head but it should be there for you yes. when you click on it yes w- that was my plan Bob was yeah. to click on the wiki entries and be like okay this is you know this is what, what we're doing here but it didn't work out that way for me nah. The best laid plans. The best Gung laid plans. ugly. Yes. All right, so let's see here. Let's see what we got here. Um, I mean, we talked about Age of Ultron and Marvel Zombies, which is James Robinson and Steve Pugh. Uh Thor's Jason Aaron and Chris Sprouse. Oh. So Chris Sprouse is an excellent artist. We talked about uh, uh, that second issue of Multiversity. Um, that was Chris Sprouse's yeah, art. Yeah. So he does gorgeous, gorgeous art. Um, and that's going to feature kind of all the Thor's through history, we're gonna have some Beta Ray Bill. We're gonna have, obviously, regular Odin, son Thor. We're gonna have the new Thor, yeah. old Thor. All, you know, all yeah. those, all those kind of things are gonna be thrown on there. And I, I love that idea uh, of seeing those things put together. I mean, that that's just great to me. Um, so, well, IGN comes to the rescue because here is a list of creative teams on these there books. There go IGN. Yes, we have an Infinity Gauntlet book announced um creative team dustin weaver and jerry dugan are going to be on that one jerry dugan obviously doing a lot of stuff in the past years for marvel and dc uh writing infinity gauntlet dustin weaver great artist he's done stuff on infinity stuff like that um old man logan i talked about brian michael bendis and andrea sorrentino uh which we talked about ultimate end brian michael bendis mark bagley just making sure i got all this stuff correct as as we go through it here um John Timms is the artist on a and Rising, the Inhumans book with Charles Soule. Make sure I get that out there as well. I don't want to forget about any of the artists. Um, let's see here. Okay. Master of Kung Fu, Hayden Blackman. I'm not saying the name again, but you heard yeah, me. You heard me. Yes, we got it. The Secret Wars 2099. Peter David and Will Sliney, who who, huh? are, who are doing, obviously, the regular Spider-Man 2099 book. So continuity again there. You got your team. So that's where you want to go for that. Uh, Deadpool Secret Wars uh, Cullen Bunn and Mateo uh, D- um Cullen Bunn is not the usual Deadpool writer as far as the, the monthly series goes obviously Brian Pesain, um and uh, Jerry Dugan are, are doing that but does an excellent job w- with Deadpool those mini-series are amazing yeah. so if you're a Deadpool fan this is where you're going to want to go talked about A-Force uh, G. Willow Wilson Marguerite Bennett Jorge Molina we talked about it a couple weeks ago Where Monsters Dwell It's a very interesting book (laughs) written by Garth Ennis with art by Russ Braun. Now here's the pitch sometime in the early 1920s, ex great warfighter pilot, Carl Kaufman is, is bumming around the far East, getting into various scrapes and trying to make a a dishonest buck. This is all from Venice talking Mm. to vulture. He, He agrees to fly naive English socialite Clementine Franklin Cox to Singapore only to end up blown off course and flung into an exotic world of dinosaurs, cannibals, and rather unusual tribe of Amazons who have their own plans for Clemmy. She in turn is not quite all that she seems. Um this is the second Garthanus miniseries announced, um for the big two as many times. That sounds very cool to me. Yeah, it's the Phantom Eagle.
2: Yeah. Who was around for a long time. Yeah, look, dinosaurs and airplanes and lost worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Why does it have to be part of all this? It would be a cool miniseries yes. all by itself.
1: So it's still there. Who knows how much it's going to tie in? I don't know how much yeah. Garth Ennis is really going to play in that world and really care about that stuff. So we'll have to see. Uh, that gets a half a check. <laughs> MODOK Assassin.
2: <laughs> That's very funny.
1: Creative Team, Chris Yost and Amalkar Pinnon. I love Chris Yost. I think he's a great writer. Um, and it's crazy you're getting a MODOK <laughs> book. Um, this is from... Yo, monoc is a much-loved character and we wanted to see him live up to his potential his potential for killing that is what we, <laughs> that is what he is designed for after all uh for a guy who was designed only for killing who has he really killed we'll get ready Monok is arrogant insane <laughs> kill crazy and just messed up visual and not just a messed up visual how could we not choose him um it isn't his name after all it is it very much is uh, Inferno written by Dennis Hopeless Art by Javier Garan This is a book I do, I know nothing about so we're learning together um, So this is The series revisits the major X-Men Crossover from 1989 Inferno explores a world where the X-Men never triumphed Over their demonic enemies And Manhattan has become a permanent hell on earth Colossus and yeah. his sister Ileana will star along With characters like Madeline, Prior um, Nastarith, and Sim So I'm, That might be in the Limbo yeah, universe for you all go. we know. That um, makes sense. Bob, you did not seem happy about that. No, that's <laughs> when I started going away from X-Men. Right. <laughs> I figured as much. Yep. Um, the Spider-Verse book is written by Mike Costa with art by Andre Orejo. Uh, one of the things we can talk about, I don't know where this is fitting in, Planet Hulk, um, written by Sam Humphreys with art by Mark Lamming. Um, some of the cover art and imagery has been really, really cool. Um, Planet Hulk is something that I, I always thought was an interesting idea. Um, if never something that I was really in love with in execution. So giving another tr- run, giving another try, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think that Hulk's a character that I personally, I have a tough time getting into reading in a, in a, in a monthly mm-hmm. book, but maybe a mini series like this with all these other characters around him, I might be able to get yeah, into it. Uh,
2: with Greg Pak sort of in the house, could have thrown him over there. He did that the first time around.
1: That's true. I don't know. Actually, I don't know why he's not doing that. Um, the only book I see in here that I, I there's uh, I guess a m- more kind of anthology books Secret Wars, Secret Wars Battle World, and Secret Wars Journal. Um, that I don't quite know what their deal is. They haven't been any of these things, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna look them up as we talk right yeah. now.
2: Well, it's a journal, so maybe it's the Multiversity Guidebook of Secret Wars.
1: <laughs> if, if if it was anything like that,
2: I'd probably buy would, that one and not all the rest. I of I would these. be in. Now, how many regular Secret Wars are in the middle of all this while this is all happening? That's a good question, Bob. Yeah.
1: That's a good question. (laughs) Hold on one second. Uh, Let's see. Oh, so Secret Wars Journal is Night Nurse, Millie the Model, Misty Knight, and Paladin, and more get their chance Uh. to shine in the chaos of battle world.
2: It is an anthology. Okay. They are, in May, reprinting the entire run of Night Nurse in a trade paperback. Hmm. And people are going, Who cares? (laughs) <laughs> uh in 71, I guess it was, Marvel launched briefly uh, a, a, a couple of books with female leads by female creators. So it was The Cat, Night Nurse, and Shauna the She-Devil, which all went down in flames in a big hurry. But the characters have all stayed around in one form mm-hmm. or another. So it was Roy Thomas's wife at the time, Jean, who did Night Nurse.
1: Interesting. Interesting. So it'll be Night Nurse. Uh, this is a quote from the editor of the series. Uh, his name is Jake Thomas. And he says, I'm trying to get this up here. These anthology stories are more like a multi-course meal at a fancy test kitchen. It's experimental. It's small, digestible portions. Everything's organic and locally sourced straight from the creator. Things might get a little weird, but you might also find your new favorite dish of all time. Um the editor concedes that the creative teams can be a little stranger here, really do exactly the kind of story that excites them. I can hear the excitement in their voices. Uh, they can't wait to play here. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't believe on the story there is any creators listed. Not that I see. No. Okay. So we can to
2: Millie the model story by Stephanie B. Samer or something yeah. or Venus, the goddess of love or some other craziness.
1: This seems to be like a potential like something like um, what's the, the book with uh, Agent Carter? Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. No, no, Operation Sin. Operation Sin. Something that yeah. is playing off of these things, but maybe is separate enough where you can get cool individual stories. Yeah, that... a lot of characters to use. Yeah. So, yeah. That that I think would be cool. Right. That gets the other half of it. You, you'll, you'll pick it up in the store and look at it? Yes. <laughs>
2: I have someone I've been buying books from for 30 years. He doesn't mind if I <laughs> peruse and he doesn't yell at me, hey, kid, put that back.
1: <laughs> Which would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see this is one stuff to Google because um, it's classified because it's the name of but secret Wars battle world is the, the other book on here. Um, Marvel comics has announced secret wars battle world as our latest tie in series for the massive crossover event battle. Oops, stupid video battle world will clearly fall under Marvel's battle world series of branding <laughs> will focus on several skirmishes that the main secret Wars series can't contain. Each installment in the four issue mini series will divide its attention onto two separate fights, much like Marvel, Avengers vs. X-Men, yeah. A vs. X vs. book did. The first issue will fight will feature a fight between Doctor Strange, Possessed Punisher, and and the Fantastic Four team of Spider-Man, Wolverine, the Hulk, and Ghost Rider, as well as a massive skirmish between every MODOK on Battleworld. Um, Josh Williamson and Ed Brisson will handle writing duties, and Mike Henderson and Scott Hepburn will illustrate. Um, the weirder and more fun, the better. Series editor John Moisson told Marvel.com, you want to see the 1602 version of the Punisher fight, the 2099 version of Iron Man, Muskets versus the 1990s version of the future. We can even have the same characters from different worlds fight. Um, it certainly sounds insane. Yeah. And the cover is pretty fantastic. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, invoking the A versus X versus stuff does not instill a, com- a lot of hope and confidence in me. Simply because that series, I felt like, at times, fell very flat. Yeah. Uh, it had some good issues. I'm not going to say it, it didn't, but I think, overall, it, w- it was kind of a, a, a disappointment. It um,
2: reminds me more of that game we played here one night with your trading cards with you, Brian. <laughs> <and all. laughs> we matched up power sets to see who would win.
1: So, we took a the set of the <laughs> Edition 1 Marvel trading cards and tried to play a card game where the person who had the card would pick a stat, and then they'd have to fight against someone else with that stat. But because it's not a card game, because it's yeah. just cards. We could no one could ever end up winning because eventually you just have the cards again that would win you back the other cards. Yeah. So we went round and round and round. We learned that Doramamu has—I I forgot what it was—like strength or intellect or yeah. something. Was just it was like infinite. But yeah. Every time you got that card, you could beat anybody in any of those yeah. categories. It was good.
2: We, had, you know, Galactus, doramamu and with uh, the Watcher or somebody, we couldn't yeah. be beaten. And say you go with that.
1: It was a good. Uh, it was a good round robin. A good two hours of our lives that we yeah. just completely
2: wasted, and many beers.
1: Yeah, yeah. which helped. I it think. was more fun for me than playing Risk when when it was <laughs> me, you, and Brian and a couple other people, and they just didn't know how to play.
2: Well, you had people who yeah yeah attacked in the wrong places. Yes. Where did Brian ended up, Australia. No, no well. I ended up in Australia. You were That's right. Yes. I was the last yeah. person left. Yeah,
1: I was just backing up into Australia. Brian was in Russia. He thought he had me there. He thought he second. did. He thought he did. Those um so that's basically how Secret Wars, you know, breaks down. Um, it's very complicated, especially with not the regular books to go off as go off of as tie-ins. Mm-hmm. It's tough to parse out what what is what. I hope I get a lot of information. I'm still confused, but I hope that some of you guys got more of a clear picture of what's happening there. Maybe some books that you want to check out that you didn't even know were coming out.
2: Yeah, it happened for me. Uh, Hollowfields,
1: yes, Hollowfields. Yeah. <laughs> H A L A, not like H O L L A. Right. Or the old boxer. Exactly. No. (laughs) No. Um, We should show up there. Like the Cree homeworld of Hala. So yeah, I mean, that's what that's what up with Secret Wars. We'll definitely check in as we go along, as we get closer, more books come out, as we figure out, uh, you know, what the shape of the Marvel Universe is going to be afterwards. Definitely going to keep checking in on it, you know. Uh, I think Stephanie said it a couple weeks ago. We read them so you don't have to in case <laughs> <the> you're, <laughs> you're on the fence about stuff. We'll try to keep up on it and, and at least know what what's going on for you guys. Um, that's all I have planned for the show today, Bob. You have another book in front of you that I'm yes. not sure... Uh, what it is, or what? If you, okay. wh- why you brought it? But we have a little extra time, so
2: sure. Um, about six months ago, a little company called Humanoids released an oversized newspaper, you know, doubled-up tabloid size—the old New York Times size uh, book. Like one of those artist editions things mm-hmm. from IDW of Jean-Claude Forrest Barbarella, which most people here only know from the Jane Fonda movie of forty odd years mm-hmm. ago. But it was a French comic strip before that. And at a hundred and something dollars, I believe that was the first time, it was something I was interested but passed on. It's now come out in a lovely little $35 hardcover. And beyond that, I've never read any had and seen the movie. One of my hooks for this is that the English language translation, it's a modern one, not one from 50 years ago. And it's by Kelly Sue Mm. So the art, I haven't really dived into it except to, turn the pages it's really stunning old-fashioned comic strip art and it has all the things if you saw that movie that they're in there you know we've got duran duran the scientist not the band and you know winged angels and all sorts of crazy stuff going on and it's a very sexy book it's for Mm grown-ups there's some nudity but nothing vulgar or whatever it's also all black and white line art and the second story which is Actually, the second Barbarella strip, Wrath of the Minute Eater, has never been published in English in this country. Hmm. Interesting. So, many local stores are probably not going to stock this, but it's around on the internet. And so, if you passed, as I did, because at three times the $35, it was a bit much. But it's Barbarella and the Wrath of the Minute Eater from Humanoids Press. Awesome. You'll hear me talk about this once I've actually read some more of it, except the introduction. <laughs>
1: I, I want, I'm just looking at real quick I, I, I forgot we had a couple or at least one tweet about uh, our book of the week oh good um, uh, this was from Matt Loon and he said took me a few pages to get my head around the rhythm of the writing but love the mashup of genres that's the TC book of the week that's about Plunder obviously ah. number one from Boom Studios and a- next week's and is Spider Gwen Spider Gwen number one so get your thoughts in on Spider Gwen number one um, hashtag TCBOTW on Twitter and let us know what you think of it Make sure you use that hashtag because i that's what I used to search for you guys talking about it. And if you don't use it, it's probably going to get lost in, in the tweets over the week. So, I'll make sure I do. Yes, but I'll make sure you tweet at TCBT. <laughs> every I, every time
2: I talk about Spider-Gwen, I'll just say that yeah. in air
1: quotes. And I'll know. It will yeah. go, go, go into <laughs> yeah. the internet. And it'll, that's it'll, how it works, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right that's definitely how it works. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what we're going to do next week for, for that. Um, Excited to read that book. Really excited to see what how that book turns out. Um, Such a great uh, one off issue. So it's a lot of pressure, though. It's like the opposite of Silk. You know, I was not at all expecting anything, and I end up loving it. I'm expecting huge things from Spider Gwen. So we'll see how that all works out um and guys we really want your feedback on everything so make sure at talking comics on twitter facebook.com slash talking comics um or podcast at com. email us let us know do you have different thoughts on plunder what are you thinking about secret wars what do you think of spider gwen what do you think of this shared book of the week feature i mean this week was different for us because we don't usually talk about books we don't like right that that have come out mm-hmm. um we talk about a lot of ideas for books that we don't like yeah. that are coming out but books that usually come out that we don't like we just don't talk about because that's kind of our tacit like you know, this is our disapproving by not speaking about thing. And we spoke about a book that we didn't like here. And that's, that's part of what this whole feature is about. It's about getting us to talk and have different conversations about books that we wouldn't normally have. So let us know what you think. Um, we didn't know going in. We just no. thought, well, no okay, let's try
2: this book. and Yeah. Didn't just it's, and it's what's so going to happen, you know, because
1: yeah. we're going to be forcing ourselves to read books we wouldn't normally read. We ourselves are going to be looking at lists of books that we, you know, maybe that we wouldn't normally read, even the people who were signing it. You know, we're going to we're gonna go outside our comfort zone mm-hmm. sometimes, um, and it's going to happen. So, but I like that. I like that we had a conversation about it. Um, we weren't nasty about it, but we, we talked about mm-hmm. things we didn't like about it. Um and yeah, so I really want to hear from you guys about that stuff. Please check out, you know, some of our other shows. Um, you know, Talking Valiant with Adam Shaw, Talking Movies with Brian Verderosa um, and-, and Nick Scalia. They did their top 50 movies, both parts. They're great listens. Um, there are a couple of times definitely where I, I wanted to yell at about <laughs> movies that they were picking.
2: Oh, tell me one. Tell me one.
1: Um, well, I mean, it's it's personal stuff, but like, okay. I, not personal stuff, but uh, they. They both, I believe, or at least Brian had Star Wars on his list, the first one, um, and not Empire. Uh, <gasps> and he said the words like, "I lied to myself for a long time and said Empire was better, but Star Wars is the best. And I was like yelling at my, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yelling at my. IPod. That's why
2: those shows are important, though. That's what it's about. Exactly. Engage you in debate with the radio or yourself, but yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And the one like, goes Nick. He likes. Construct Love way more than anyone else should ever like that movie. I like that movie, and he likes it way more. Um, but those are the cool things, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of great lists, a lot of, you know, a lot of the, some of the movies you'd expect to hear, some movies you wouldn't expect to hear. So it's a great listen. So if you guys haven't checked that podcast out before, check it out. They'll have an Oscar show going up, uh, I believe on Thursday. So make sure you check that out as well. Um, the Misfits, obviously, with Stephanie Cook, Mara Wood, and Melissa Megan. Uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, this week, I believe they did Ocean at the End of the Lane. Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. uh, book discussion. Make sure you check that out. Um, talking games um, with our very own Steve Say, Jackie Turner, Rob Newmeyer, and Justin Townsend. Um, last week we talked about backlogs and game length. Um, Steve's not here, so I'm not sure what they're talking about tomorrow, uh-huh. but I'm sure it'll be entertaining. I'm sure they're going to talk about the Order eighteen eighty six, which is a new game that came out this week that a lot of, that had a lot of uh, differing opinions about. So hmm. make sure. Steampunk game. Yes, it was. Ah, look at that. It was. It's that. a cool premise. It's like the. The, the the knights of the round table have kind of been drinking this elixir from the holy grail to keep them young, mm-hmm. and they've survived through the ages. And now it's eighteen eighty six, and they kind of they have Nikola Tesla like building them weapons and, oh, that's and stuff like great. that. I love that. So the, yep. the ideas for it are cool. There's some stuff going on with it, but that it may be good, may be bad. You should tune in um, yeah. on Thursday and listen to that show because I'm sure Justin, who has played through it, and he got he got a, a platinum trophy in it which is the highest trophy you can get on the it means it's everything in it he'll have a lot to say about it so make sure you tune in i don't want to read that comic to that yeah me too yeah. me too that game my little short review is i'd much rather have watched the movie of that game than play the <laughs> game um spoiler alert yeah for me personally i'm not gonna be on the show so they oh, they, yeah. they don't have to worry about that i'm not spoiling their opinions on it um but yeah so that that's that i'm brewing a lot of features in my head about stuff i want to do um I don't think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I have this this real like sick masochistic desire to go back and read an arc, one arc, like five or six issues of the the original like four image series. Um because okay. I've always we like look, I have always talked about I I look at the art and I I don't think it looks good. I've talked about how that's like a bad time for comics, which obviously it was, it's kind of the consensus, but I've never read those books. Mm-hmm. So I at least want to try to read them, so I can have an opinion that's formed off of something. So I mean, I'm a bit spawn. I think it's wild, wild storm, wildcats, mm-hmm.
2: um, C A T S
1: with yeah, periods. with yes, periods. Yeah. The Jim Lee book, yeah, yeah. Um, spawn obviously the Todd McFarlane book. Uh. Um, I got. I, I don't remember where all the books were. I know that there's a Rob Liefeld book, yeah. obviously. Um, those three or four, the initial ones that launched Savage Dragon, I think was one yeah. of them as well. Eric Larson, Dragon. Eric Larson, Savage Dragon. So just read some of those and see. I, I, I'm fully really expecting not to like them, but I want to have a kind of a structured mm-hmm. opinion about them. Um, never having really read anything from those guys other than a few things here or there. So I'm gonna check those out, um, I, and I want to write something or talk about it or whatever. Uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of what's yeah. in the future for us. Um, We've obviously going to be discussing stuff. we got some cool ideas from listeners about shows, the kind of essential graphic novels list, stuff like yeah. that. Um, if you guys are Patreon subscribers, you, you, we're going to be giving you your, your February podcast, probably the first week of March, um, just because Stephanie had to bow out today, so we couldn't <laughs> record to kind of the last part of the show. So we'll probably do that next week. Uh, we got some cool plans for you guys for that though. Some funny stuff. Um, any ideas you guys have, please make sure you put them on the wall at, at patreon.com slash talking comics, get in, in the action. We want to hear your suggestions for shows. We want to know what you guys want to hear about because you guys are backing us and we really, really love that uh, about you guys. Um, yeah. And any, and any suggestion you want for future shows at all, let us know, you know, we want, we want to know, want to know your ideas. Um, Definitely want to do another history show at some point. Those are those, those were always fun. Um, you know, if there's any specific books that you want us to talk about, you know, kind of almost like a mini book club thing, like we did for Hellboy a, a while yeah, back. that was fun. All that stuff. I, w- I, w- I want to know what you want to think. It's really funny because I, I haven't been reading the releases for about two months now. And every week there's like a new person who's like, hey, are you not reading the releases at the end of the show anymore? <laughs> and it's, it makes me laugh because I feel like it's a situation where a lot of people tune out. When I start the releases yeah. and then they kind of some of the people are just kind of listening to the whole thing now and then realizing that I'm not talk- saying the releases anymore. Um, the reason I don't say them anymore is because, A, it's exhausting to read them all and and be, uh, you know, it's always been everyone's least favorite part of the show. So and they're on the forums now. They are.
2: Our, our, our they forum-ites are. heights are doing a great job. Not only the releases, every release every yes. list of every variant cover if you want to see it go to our forums on a tuesday and they're all there yeah it'll take your entire page to read them but they're <laughs> all there
1: um we're not reading releases but other than spider grand bob is there something that you're picking up this week that you're super excited about
2: as we're getting to the end of invaders it's the final issue oh, okay. so i'm not i'm excited to read it but Saddened, right? Yeah, because now I've lost She Hulk and that in back-to-back weeks. Oh, it's the next-to-last Fantastic Four.
1: Oh boy! Already? Wow! I didn't even realize that came that came up quick.
2: Yeah. So there's all that sort of stuff going on.
1: Yeah. So those are yeah sad moments, mm-hmm. but we have
2: Spider Gwen, so that'll be that'll be fun.
1: We do a Spider Gwen. You know, you got to talk very briefly. We have Stephanie bat out. We yeah. have bigger conversations if, if we have a little extra time. Uh, she Hulk. Just, I mean, the series is over now. You said you liked the issue. How did you think it worked as overall as a She-Hulk series compared to, let's say, the other runs that you've loved? Well, here you go. Here, to me, there's...
2: The ultimate She-Hulk run is John Byrne's first eight, and then he had a run-in with management and then came back years later. He Long before Deadpool, Jen was breaking the fourth wall and doing all sorts of crazy stuff and turned that character into something different. Roger Stern had actually done it in The Avengers, where it was a character that had sort of gone nowhere before. It was only created to stop the Hulk TV producers from creating the She-Hulk.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Wow. So Stan and John Buscema created the She-Hulk. And she was the savage She-Hulk. And okay, there's nothing awful, but nothing great either. John Byrne took it somewhere else, taking Stern's idea of she just loves being the She-Hulk. 24-7, she's having a blast it was much better than being a lawyer Mm -hmm. she can be an avenger and all this other stuff burn through into the fantastic four had a lot of fun and then there are a lot of people after who wrote it steve gerber who was crazy with howard the doc had some fun with it uh peter david had a nice run after dan slots but a little serious for peter particularly dan slots run is nearly as good as burns Mm. i think charles souls is right there with dan slots it's that sort of if Burns is the number one slot, they're the 2A and 2B, and they're pushing up close. Mm. Again, Charles Soles is a lawyer, so you get loads of fun with this law stuff that you would think isn't going to work, but the whole trial of Cap Arc was brilliantly done from someone who's watched tons of court movies, as you have too, I'm sure. Yeah. The back and forth between the, Matt and Jen was just great. Tons of humor, great supporting characters, and a, one overriding long story, The Blue File backed up by all these little bits of Henry Pym and in the backyard, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids issue. Just a new way to look at this character that still was, if not beholden to the past, aware of it in a really clever way. And it's going to make two great little trades. Hopefully there's an omnibus somewhere down the Mm -hmm. road because I'm sure there's some extra material. There are tons of variant covers that were a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I, you know, sad to see it go as... Uh, Mr. Soul says in the end papers that you'll see these characters again
1: hmm.
2: especially Good. there there's a there's some cameos near the end as as the book is wrapping up, and I won't say anything else. <laughs> I'll let some people get an interesting surprise about a new tenant in Jen's building.
1: Cool, cool. I'm glad to hear that it wrapped up well and that you end up enjoying it yeah. as a whole that that much
2: yeah, he says that was the story he wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. those twelve issues were it. I'll take his word for it. Didn't seem rushed at all. Right. Seemed to be spaced out quite nicely. The art was fun all the way through. I, I loved Javier Pulido. Some other people didn't. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of those people who didn't like him got to like him as we moved through.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I mean, uh, for me, Batman 39 comes out this week. Um, I loved the end of Batman 38. I l- I'm loving Endgame, so I'm, I, w- I want to see where that all happens. That cliffhanger was. Stupendous. So yep. I, I want to see how it all all works out with that. You know, I'm excited about the Thor Annual. I think it's a cool. Oh yeah, I forgot that. people: yeah. Jason Aaron, obviously, um, Rob Guillory, who uh, does Chew. That I'm right about. I said so yeah, many times man. wrong with, uh, about another book. Yeah, that's how he does. Um, Noel Stevenson is doing a story in it, and CM Punk, the wrestler, is doing yeah. a story in it. But uh, you know, Thor has been great, and I I, 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 the more the Thor, the better for me right now. So I'm really interested in seeing where that all goes. Um, Yeah, those are the two things I think I'm most excited about. Obviously, Daredevil is coming out, so that's for me. It's top of my pile. Yeah, (laughs) I'll sandwich. You know, I'll 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 either do Batman first and Daredevil last, or Daredevil first, Batman last. Mm -hmm. So I have those things in between. But you know that that's always it's always a great week when Batman and Daredevil come out in the same week for me because it's two of my favorite books in the world. So always excited for that.
2: There is an oddball book that people should be on the lookout for. I will be reading in store to decide whether I'm buying it though. But Secret Origins ten okay from DC is uh, the Batgirl team doing Batgirl's origin.
1: Oh really? Hmm. I may have to do the same as you and take tickle- yeah. Oh, Stitch Stitchip Stitchipon St- is doing the art really Cameron Stewart is writing it and Mm. uh and and Brendan Fletcher are writing it with with, oh okay so this is like a weird okay it has I forgot these have more than one story in them okay so here we go (laughs) (laughs) written by Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher with art by Irene Co a firestorm book courtesy of writer Dan Jurgens um which Dan Jurgens is a good firestorm writer and Poison Ivy coming your way from Caitlin Kittredge and artist Stepan Wow Caitlin Kittredge yeah wow so that is cool. Yeah. That seems like a good lineup of stuff with some characters that it's not like it's like, you know, Batman, Batman and Superman, Superman <laughs> which I don't need to see their origins anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's cool. I got to tell you, um, even before this convergence of is happening and the all big announcements, I, I have definitely been noticing in the last few months that more DC books are ending up in that sweet spot for me reading it. I'm excited. They're the ones I want to read mm-hmm. first. Um, which has been very nice you know they, they, they've they starting to take up a big percentage um, of, of my reading pile which has been nice a lot of char- a lot of great moves with a lot of a lot of characters in the last uh, couple of months
2: let's hope they survive
1: through yeah the event we uh, yeah i think they will it seems yeah. like they're going to a lot of those creative teams are staying intact good um some stuff obviously i'm worried about supergirl uh, another really good issue this week that came out yeah. so i, I i'm I'm, I, I'm sad to see that go Actually, but, there's previews
2: is this week so for all
1: you people oh out yeah. there,
2: do your stores a favor go into the previews give them some previews particularly with all these crazy books coming out store owners really need some yeah. heads up i mean my local store was sending out liz actually and rob too mm. had whole charts made out oh, yeah. everything connect so you he can sort out how to order these things mm-hmm. you have nothing to go on yeah with titles that have never existed before
1: yeah that's true i, I never i never thought of it like that absolutely make sure you get get in on that and and let people know um i do want to say we got a question that i i I wasn't going to read because i didn't think we're going to have time and then we have time we have time (laughs) so i'm gonna gonna go into the email and and read this this question this is from carl he and, and it says rat queens and a crisis of conscience uh he says peeps Your recommendations are always worth consideration, and Rat Queens is doing it for me. The book is fantastic, from Rock Upchurch's amazing art to the funny, modern, irreverent dialogue and absurd situations. Rat Queens is at the way top of my favorites list. That brings me to the second part of my hyperbolic subject line. For 25 years, I've been reading Marvel superhero books, with Spider-Man being my favorite. Recently, I had some email exchange with Bob. Thanks again about Wonder Woman. After following up on yet another TC recommendation, in addition to hitting DC books, which I never have in the past, Image is taking over my reading life, and I love it. I read the majority of the Image books in trade nowadays. I prefer reading full arcs or runs at the same time as opposed to monthly. Even my Marvel, even my Marvel books, I took, I backlog for six months to read in a chunk. And Image creators seem to write that way anyway. Since Kelly Sue put out Pretty Deadly, I've picked up a ton of independent books, Deadly Class, Black Science, Letter 44 from Oni Press, Pax Romana, and Coffin Hill, which is a couple of my favorites. Years ago, I never would have expected to read comics other than the, 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 the capes genre. Now, though, some of my absolute favorite books are sci-fi and horror and are so well done that they kind of blow my mind. A lot of them do. I am more confident trying an unknown image book thanks to than I am one from the big two I grabbed Pax Romano this weekend because Hickman's name was on it and darn that was awesome crazy awesome At this point, I've wandered into a stream of consciousness, sorry. The point of my email was to say, thanks for your wide and varied recommendations. I would likely never have looked anything other than Marvel without you. Also, I want to make sure people know that you can stay on the DC Marvel bandwagon, but also buy the hell out of independent books and like them as much or more than what you've been reading for decades. We are definitely in a new golden age of comics. Enjoy every bit of it. Thanks, TC and the Misfits. Carl Warner. So there was no question. I figured the crisis of conscience would be a question aspect of it, but still a very, very good Yes. um a very good one um, no, the
2: question would be i thought we were going to trade weight in good or bad we go yeah. down that road yeah. again but no there are a lot of great books coming we someone was asking and we will save it as a question but are we getting to a new place yeah sort of and yeah and we'll we'll talk about it at some depth when we're all sitting around the table
1: yeah we, we've we had a couple of those, those same kind of questions about are we living in a certain age of comics now um and I want to give credit where credits due the person who asked the question um this time around I'm just bringing up the the talking comics uh the 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 forum here and the question was from uh Matt Loon who obviously we ah, talked about before yes. Um, and he asked, hi guys, love the show. I have a question. I've been mulling over for a while and it's definitely something I've heard talk of before, but wanted to hear your, your thoughts. Do you think we're entering a new age of comics with the last few years of image comics going from strength to strength companies like boom and IDW following suit and now the steady wave of diverse comics coming from Marvel and DC in terms of both subject matter and style from Ms. Marvel to Gotham Academy. Is this a trend that's worth noting with a new age? And if so, what would you call it? Besides the modern age, such as it is, that's been around for a while now. Thanks for your time. Looking forward to your thoughts. So we can give like some cursory thoughts, I think, before last. Before we jump out of here, I I think it's tough to name an age when you're in one. You know, I think it's a little bit navel-gazing to start calling something an age. I, I don't know if if people called it the silver age when it was going on. He, I,
2: only because they had already referred to the age before it as the golden age, which okay. had passed, mm-hmm. but no one referred to the golden age of comics when they were in it. So right. by that, you're absolutely right. Right.
1: So, you know, so it's tough to say because we can't we can't see the we can't see the the whole swath, the whole story yet. And I feel like ages are named a lot for that. You know, I mean, obviously, following up the golden age with the silver age makes sense, yeah. right? It, it's and then we went bronze, and then we went bronze, and then we yeah. went to the modern age, which that could be anything because we are in yeah. the modern age now, yeah. you know, well,
2: I threw a phrase out in the article I did for the LSE stuff and Maria liked it enough to use it <laughs> as, as a little chapter heading. And I put it back in my director's cut, but I felt the last 20 years or so have been comic books, dark ages. So as in the real world, the dark ages were followed by a Renaissance. Mm. Now we're only at the beginning of that, but there's a, uh, a new variety of books available that harkens back to those old days where there were all sorts of things, whether they're crime books or science fiction or horror or mashups of all of them together. we're not going to know exactly because it'll all fall apart tomorrow <laughs> but there their seeds are being sown for a different sort of comic book marketplace and different books to read mm-hmm. so let's alternatively say it's that All right, I I'll like just that. throw that out there. the Renaissance I yes. like that
1: I like that a lot. All right, so that is going to do it for the Talking Comics podcast uh, for this week. I hope people didn't tune out when I started saying the information because we had yeah. a big conversation after yes. it was over. Um, again, I, I mentioned where you get in touch with us, but please, at Talking Comics on Twitter, follow us. Review us on iTunes. Um, it really helps with rankings and, and placement there. iTunes has a lot of its rankings by what your reviews are, so it would be great if you guys can review us there um, uh, or whatever podcasting service you, you might use. Um check out the Patreon if it's something you're interested in patreon.com slash talking comics give it a look there's a button on the website for it at Um check out our merch store if you want to get if you if you guys feel like you uh, want what, some what who huh we have we, we opened up a little shop nice um, some talking comics t-shirts some hoodies stuff like that you know it's it's we're going through a, a, a online service right now because we don't have a we don't have our own obviously t shirt maker and it's very expensive to make your own t shirts yeah. so t shirts are a little more expensive than I, I wanted them to be but I, I guarantee you we are making very little on any of them <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're not marking them up very much at all um, so if you guys want some talking comics merch it, it's 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 there for you guys um, absolutely um, yeah so I mean that's uh, th- that's all the promoting I have to do for the yeah. show. <laughs> Um, if you guys want to get in touch with me personally, it's at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Um, and you can also email me at Bobby at talking books.com. If you guys want to get in touch with me in a more long form version, um,
2: Bob, Bob Breyer at talking comic And that's about it. <laughs> uh,
1: and Stephanie is at hello cookie on Twitter and Steve is at dead underscore anchors. Um, but thank you guys so much, uh, for listening to Talking comics podcast. Uh, For Bob. Miss you, Steve, and
2: hope Kaylee's feeling better.
1: I have been Bobby. (laughs) Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued.